Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of Yalzar 5th Edition. Um, you know, every week, every week I'm like, this is going to be the session where I nail the intro. This is going to be the time. And I fuck it up every week. You want to cut out and try a take two? No, leave it in. We're leaving it in. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, listeners. Uh, once again, my uh, party uh, is being led by me. Uh, the DM. My name is Kenny. Thank you for joining us. And we have our uh, party of four. However, today Lauren, who playing Vin, will be late. But we have Haman Karn played by Paris with us. So go ahead, and Paris, would you introduce yourself before the rest of the party? Uh, it's me, Paris. I'm playing Haman Karn, and uh, I'm the Quiet Ranger. And then we have our monk. Uh, this is Frodo. I'm playing the monk Tenchi. We have our dwarven. Cleric. Hi, my name's Hayden. I'm playing Ogden, the Dwarven Cleric of War. And our uh, half-orc paladin. Hi, my name is Michelle. I'm playing Gork, the paladin of war. Of vengeance. <laughs> Thank you very much. Stop that. Yeah. Stop that right now. Uh, so, if, just in case you needed a catch-up from last week's session, um, last week the party had ventured east from the uh, from the forest, they came to one of the great rivers of northern Yalzar Majora, the the river that divided the rainforest from the marshlands um, of central north Yalzar Majora. And so they were like, well, we need to go across this big old river. Fantastically enough, they were guided to a ferryman's house, which was a simple small shack with uh, two people living in it. Uh, and oh, two adults and one child, the ferryman was able to take them across the river, and it was uh, found out through gambling and deafness of the analytical eye that it was turned out that uh, the ferryman himself was actually under a disguise to look like a small human older man, but was what really drew their eyes was how, how strong he was. He was strong enough to pull a ferry all by himself. And it turned out that he was actually... Borsh, the half-orc legendary hero of the Four Crystals from 80 years ago, who had been in hiding for some time now. Uh, and uh, if you want details, just listen. It's really funny. Anyway, uh, self-referential to other campaigns aside, they made their way across the river and then ventured into the marshlands, uh, traveling again east towards the capital city of the marshlands, where they are now at. And uh, along the way, they found a tavern... That was an interesting situation. I would I would absolutely advise going back and listening to it. It was pretty, pretty fun. And we left off last session with them arriving at the town, having spent a day there at this point now. Uh, they had plenty of time to purchase from the player's handbooks uh, hard weather supplies since they knew that they were traveling on the Ella Rail into the tundra, where their next destination lies. So, Party, you guys have been there. You've... Um, Let's go ahead and wash away the cost of one night's inn at a, at a inn. One night's cost to stay at an inn. Um, have you guys any particular needs to purchase anything from the markets? You guys have been there for a day now, so you'd be able to get to wherever you needed to get to. What would be the cost for one night at the inn? Call it a silver. Call it call it a silver. A silver? Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. Boy, that's the first time we've actually had to pay for our night's uh, board for right. a while. 
And there's actually no set cost for winter gear in the player's handbook. Okay. So I don't know how we're going to go about doing Let's that. Let's just go ahead and say that it would cost you all collect, like, three gold each. How much each? Three gold each to get a three set of, like, furs and, uh, you know, heavy um, clothes and uh, boots with, you know, nice, like, strong spikes in them so you can hold your balance on ice and shit. You obviously okay, want nice. to not wear. You obviously want to not wear these clothes um, before you get to the top. Yeah, uh, Ogden's probably going to go and be a little extra cautious and grab <coughs> about a hundred feet worth of rope as well. Okay. So. Don't you need the stupid fucking rope? Or? That's exactly why. <laughs> yeah, I still have my fifty feet of rope. Yeah. Anyway. Alright, um, Karn, did you want to purchase anything from the town other than, like, the three gold worth of hard weather gear to get yourself both for the tundra? Uh, yeah, weather gear's fine. That's fine. Alright. So, you all have learned that the Ella Rail has two rides. One this morning, which you could leave post-haste on, or a, another one at... The evening. I uh, I can't imagine any reason we want to linger here. Nope, we got a mission to do, and it's not going to be fun because it's going to be cold and balls, just like here. <clears throat> nice. That actually does bring up a good point. We should probably have some uh, uh preserved meat and trail rats and stuff. Can we just assume that's part of the uh? upkeep costs that we're, uh, we're purchasing and whatnot. Yeah, like, if you if you docked yourself, like, you know, a gold, I expect you to have added a gold worth of trail rations on your inventory. Alright. I mean, I still have 17 days worth of trail rations. Yeah, I've got some uh, arbitrary number left, but I'm going to go ahead and just restock. Alright. <laughs> so. Alright, so you guys uh, go to the L rail they ask if you're heading towards the intersection before the tundra or the capital city in the heart of the tundra. You know, that brings up a very good point. We have no idea where we're going. Um, where was the last known location of the crystal? You don't know. Capital city would know. I guess we're going to capital city then. No, right. you, knew, you knew that it used to rest in the tundra, deep into the tundra. But you don't know where exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. If you player could get access to locate objects in this version again. You can keep going. I'm just gonna look this thing yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just spare you the the notion. Um, locate object and locate lo like divination spells that locate things like that. Mm -hmm. If they are tempting to find. A, pa a item of a certain power level, like if they're magical or whatnot, they have a chance to fail. Hmm. And I would certainly say that if you're trying to find one of the four magic crystals that bind the world together, you probably aren't powerful enough to, to, to scry that. Fair. And since they're kind of a living, breathing embodiment, uh, locate object probably wouldn't work anyway. Right. Alright, fair enough. So I just wanted to spare you the headache on that. Um, 
Ooh, uh, however, that does bring up a good uh, point. You should probably uh, invest in some potions and stuff. Okay. Did you want to okay. go to the apothecary and buy some healing potions? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, can we do the shopping prior to the uh, train leaving, or... Yeah, you absolutely could. You absolutely could. Like I said, you guys have been in the city for a day already, so if mm -hmm. there's any shopping that you would have wanted to have done, we can just retcon and say that it happened then. Alright, sounds good. How much human potions are generally? I want to say they're 50 gold <laughs> piece, but I might Potion of healing. Potion. Rarity varies. God damn it. I hate the fact that it doesn't give you any solid numbers in how much these cost. That's always been kind of a thorn on my side in this one. It's page 187 if you need it. They have the uh, basic one listed. Yeah, Potion of Healing, 50 gold. Mm. And that's 2d4 plus 2. Alright. Let's see. So, <clears throat> 50 for the uh, regular. How much for the greater healing? Um, let's go ahead and say that it would be 2d6 plus 3, and it would cost 100 gold. 2d6 two, two plus 3? Mm-hmm. 100 gold. Alright. I'm going to go ahead and buy... Hmm. How much cash have I got? Ugh. Um... I'm going to buy three potions of healing and one greater healing. Okay. So it's going to cost me uh, 150? Yeah. Is that right? No. No, it would be uh, 200. No, it would be 200, yeah. 250. Alright. For, for, you said three and then one? Yeah, so that'd be 150 for the three. Or the same person. 250. Yeah, 250. I'm just going to go ahead and spend the majority of his gold on them. Okay. God, I wish there was a uh, wand of healing, not faith. God, these potions are stupid expensive. Well, they All should right. be. Oh, what? I said, I, I think they should be. I mean, there's a lot of ways to heal in this system already. Mm -hmm. So, to be like, I want to be able to heal right now in the middle of combat, it should be not cheap to be. Yeah. And uh, these are pretty much. I'm probably gonna give one to Tenchi and one to um, one to Haman. Well, he's not gonna really need them. I don't I'll, I'll give one to Haman Karn just in case he's like a last man standing and he needs to, you know, revive somebody. Yeah, you you more okay. want to give the potions out so people can administer them that can't normally heal. Yeah. So, but I specifically want to give one to Tenchi because he tends to need them. Dude, more I'm often. never getting. I'm never conscious to hit two these buttons. <laughs> but you do have a lot of move speed, so if someone gets knocked down, you could use your turn to most likely get to them. That is absolutely true. So I'll add, what, one potion of healing? Yeah, one just regular healing. I would give one to Bork, but he's got his layout hand ability. He has his own stuff. <clears throat> you don't need those thinking potions. And I've got the other two, just in case I run out of spells. All right. Because we are going into a very harsh environment. What's the damage heal for a potion of healing? Uh, 2d4 plus 2. And uh, what did you say? The greater healing was 3d6 plus 3? No, 2d6 plus 3. Oh, that's different than what's printed in the book. What's printed in the book? Is that book? on purpose? Where is it in the book? Uh, 188, Dungeon Master Guide. Oh, the DM's Guide. See, I was just looking at the Player's Handbook. Yeah. Yeah, um, in the Dungeon Master Guide, the common one is 2d4 plus 2, and the greater is 2d4 plus 4. 
You want to just stick with those regular numbers? Um, yeah, what wh you said, what page was it? 184? 188. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's all based off of D4s. I see that. Yeah, that way you get a little bit more oomph. Because nothing sucks worse than chugging a potion and only healing like 2 HP. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead and just say that's what it is. Alright, sounds good. So, I divvy those out. And we also have uh, the Q-Gathens Ointment, which is a lot more expensive, so... Yeah, but it's that. also a lot more powerful of a heal. It's, it uses yes. D6, I believe. Or D8s, even. Anyway, so is there any other last-minute purchases you guys want to do? I don't think so. Nope, I'm pretty much out of, out of cash. i got, like, pocket change now. Right. Would the group think we would need snowshoes? Oh, that's implied with yeah. the weather here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You yeah, wouldn't just buy a heavy coat. You'd also buy boots and, and all that. Okay. I don't need to buy arrows anymore, so I'm just... Chilling. Well, keep in mind, are you going to be able to find sticks out in the middle of a tundra? Sure. Permafrost sticks. I, what do I they mean, deal ice damage? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that'd be amazing. Of course, doesn't he deal ice damage normally? Yes. No, I mean, I, I mean like, I'm pretty, wait, hold on. I'm pretty sure I... The way I the way I have that dryad's ability worded is that he can literally pick up any piece of nature. I know I, I said sticks, but I mean like he will always he never has to carry arrows. Yeah, picks up a rat. I'm just gonna be <laughs> <laughs> or a chicken. This is like hot shots. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna like just pick up just snow and it's just gonna form into like a water arrow, arrow in my hands. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It'll be so sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I meant with that, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the last time I played a uh, campaign with Kenny in this uh, this setting, this is the Tundra where our party made it to before the game stopped. So oh. I'm pretty excited to see where this, uh, where this goes. <laughs> oh, boy. I forget, what did your party end up doing in the Tundra? Anything at all? Um, No, we made it to, I believe it was the capital city. We got went to the gate. My character... Uh, Summoned a bunch of dire wolves for us to ride out into the tundra, and that's and we were making our way to the temple, and that's where we stopped. That's right. Yeah, just schedules conflicted, and yeah. we just could not meet anymore. So our characters are just going to go past a bunch of random NPCs riding on wolves in the middle of the air because they're logged out. Yeah, well, see, <laughs> those characters look more pixelated because it was from two versions ago. Right. Right. They look like Final Fantasy characters. No, they're just going to be. They're just going to be dead. Like, I, yeah. like, like, like when you climb past people on on Everest. Yeah, I guess. exactly. <laughs> this is gonna happen. Their <laughs> bodies are mile markers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. Oh no, the Brenda child. She was here. <laughs> oh god, I remember that storyline now. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, I think we're ready to go into the, the capital city now. So that so you're getting tickets for the capital city of the tundra. Yeah. That was a, right, we're going to the capital city of the Thunder. That seems like the best place to get any sort of information. Right, because we have no idea what, where we're going once we're there. Um, it might actually convert into, uh, during the day that we're just hanging out here, ask the local tavern and see if anyone just happens to know where it is. Because if we can save ourselves a uh, train ticket, that'd be great. Uh, I feel like we're going to need to buy it anyway. Oh, yeah, we probably are, but... Alright, can anyone give how, me some... How silly would we feel if we get all the way to Capital City and they're like, oh yeah, I was back at this, uh, this other place that you just happened to be at last night. Right. Alright, fair. So, uh, do you all want to give me, like, 
persuasion checks or a charisma check of some sort. To... Uh, I think investigation would actually be the, the most pertinent thing. Um, not really. Investigation is like is is essentially the fifth edition version of search. Okay. And you don't investigate bums for information. You talk to them. I got a seventeen on my persuasion. Okay. What do you What are you trying to find out? Um, if there's been anything weird and sudden going on in the tundra. The only stuff that you hear is wisps and murmurs that line up with what the hag had told you about. That there was... That the, like, aurora lights that happen very frequently have gone dark for over, for over a month now. Oh, yeah, I remember that little tidbit. Right, the, the lack of lights. Well, if we could figure out where those typically come from, that would be... You know, a direct report to the hag. And that would be anywhere along the northern third of the tundra, is where the lights often were. And is the uh, capital city closer or uh, further north or uh, not? The tundra, um, if you guys check your map, you can see it. It's, it's pretty much right smack dab in the center with a slight um, veer towards the east and towards the north. So if, if you were trying to go to the northern part of the tundra, that would be a really good place to look. I'll be right back. Alright, technical difficulties, but that's all good now. So, where was we? Um, yes, you guys are getting on the Ella Rail. You've discerned through rumors that you heard from the local people that uh, if you want to try and find the source of the auroras, or why the auroras aren't working anymore, you would need to go to the like northern third of the tundra. And the capital city would put you pretty close to that. Yep. So that seems like our best bet, regardless. Yeah, I figured we'd have to go there anyway. Alright. So that would be 30 gold per person to take Ella Rail. Okay, now the big question are we bringing the horses? You can, like you did before. You can put them in the stable car at the end of the rail. I know, it's a question of whether or not we would even be able to use them in the Tundra because, you know, that whole freezing to death thing. Yeah, we might want to just sell the horses here. That and I don't have 30 gold on me, so... <laughs> you seriously don't have 30 gold? I just spent 200 on potions. <laughs> Actually, 250 potions, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, how much can we get for the horses if we just sell them here? In town? Yeah, find somebody to... Who wants to give me a uh, charisma check to see how well they can haggle for prices? Alright. Charisma check. That is an 11 for me, so... Probably not. Alright, well, let's do what 11 gets you. 17. Ah, I'm, I'm, taking wow. the, I'm taking the 11. That's the first one I heard. Ah, shit. <laughs> As I said, tell someone, one, tell me. Oh, whoops. I mean, I odds are, odds are you'll you'll probably not get a shit deal, but I mean, did you even pay for these horses to begin with? Oh uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a whole big session about. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah. How much is a horse? I I'm always kind of confused at how much they are. How much is a horse? A horse, of course. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna want to give up the mastiff. Nah, definitely shouldn't sell her mastiff. Besides, that thing's probably a little bit hardier to probably survive the cold And weather. we can just put it up in it. Yeah. Who doesn't like a dog? Exactly. 
Well, bear in mind, a mastiff, a, a, a riding mastiff is a little bit bigger than your average dog. Like, Yeah. Still, it would make a nice guard dog for a tavern in the city. While I agree, I'm just saying, don't. I would not expect, <laughs> I would not expect a, a tavern owner to be like, sure, bring your fucking three and a half foot tall dog that weighs 120 pounds. Sure, that's fine. Like, probably not. But, you know, it would be easier to to convince someone to, to let your mastiff stay in the inn than to be like, hey, can my 400, sorry, like 1,200 pound warhorse stay in the in my room? <laughs> stay in the inn? Can we get in a room? <laughs> uh, okay, so you end up finding that you can sell your two horses. Three. Uh, your three horses for um, 40 gold apiece. Okay, and technically my horse is Homan Karn's horse, so he'll take that money. If he wants to sell Sweet. I mean, that's entirely up to him. I see no reason to bring a horse into the frozen wasteland, so yes, I will sell my horse. Well, bear in mind, you bought these horses in uh, Betwixt Yarden. These are these are horses acclaimed, like, uh, accustomed to, like, the open fields. Okay. Are you trying to look me in the face? I know you'll know a lot about horses, but if you're trying to tell me that fucking all species of horses no, can handle... No, I'm asking you how much of a wasteland this is because... Oh, okay. That's fair. There, there are horses that, yes, I understand that horses that are used to different climates, but at the same time, I've been around horses that are used to the desert, and they can survive, like, 20-degree weather. Sure. So I'm asking you how much of a wasteland is this? Precisely um, enough. Yeah, uh, it's not uninhabited, but, um, I would say yeah, it's everybody as... Everybody else is getting rid of their horses, I'll get rid of mine too, but... I would say it's, it's about as... them and have seen them covered in snow and still able to kick things. Right. Um, I would say that the going, like, between, like, small settlement and small settlement, um, of this tundra is about as safe from the wildlife, the nature, and bandits, as it is safe to travel from settlement to settlement in, like, the Wild West during, like, the 1860s. Okay. So, like, it's totally reasonable to go from one place to another on foot or on horseback, but it's not exactly super safe. And it's a tundra, so we can't guarantee things for the horses either. Exactly. Uh, my thought is... Are you thinking ice skate or are you thinking tundra? Because tundra is not exactly. I'm thinking tundra in the fact that the greenery that's going to be there is small and troubling. The way I've marked on the map of the world, this whole part of Yalzar Uh is a tundra with quotes, you know? So parts of it are going to be like stone, snow, and ice. And other parts of it are going to be what you're obviously thinking of, of like evergreen tundra. Where yeah. there, where there's like life and shit. Lots of grass and. Yeah, and so I would say. everywhere. The snow, the snow hairs. Yeah, I would say that the southern border, and the northern border are like what we're talking about, like okay. you know, ice plus snow and a little bit more ice. But like okay. the central area, specifically like where the, a lot of the like capital city in the eastern side, that is more tundra that you're thinking of. Okay. Interesting. So I would is say, it in the valley? no. Is that why? I, I mean, bear in mind, like, 
this, I'm talking as a valley, effectively, okay. is like the size of Texas. Okay. You wouldn't call a, a piece of landmass that big a valley, even though it is sandwiched with a pair of mountainous ridges. Okay. Okay, dokie. Well, are, are other people getting rid of their horses, or...? I don't have one, so... Yeah, I feel like... Well, now, now that he's mentioned that, it might not be a bad idea to have them. But I'd just be worried about them, you know... Not being able to traverse the area, but it sounds like that's not going to be an issue. If my experience with horses is they're pretty hardy, they're meant to be in cold areas. They're meant to live outside in cold. I mean, there's a whole. I know there's different species of horses, but even horses that are Arabian horses get winter fur. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, let's hold on to the horses. And you said it's just an extra gold to stash a horse on the L rail? Yes, so it would be 31 gold if you're bringing your horse. All right, can I borrow six gold from somebody? I'm already paying for yours, so... Just all out, right? Oh, thank you. You guys have seen some shit together. Like, I've freaking tried to kill you how many times? Oh, yeah! A solid oh, twice. Yeah. He also tried to kill you, so it's almost fair. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any of my stuff on. I just kind of all, all I'm saying, 31 gold in my mind is like, <laughs> is is like being taken out to dinner in a movie. <laughs> you know? Well, I guess maybe it's a little more than that. It's about a week's pay for like a poor man. But <laughs> a- anyway. Um... Anyway. All right. Let's hold <laughs> on to the horses and go. All right. You did notice a distinction in the LRL station. There is no luxury car for this LRL. Damn, that's weird. Uh, all the cars are uh, equally not that great because they're more f- like you can look at the cars and you can tell that this LRL elemental rail car is not the same like the one you were on between Yard. Is that between Sparta? Do I have my fucking continent drawing there? Yeah, yeah, that must be a distinction there. Sorry, the ones on Delver Day. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, the ones on Delver Day were, like, sort of traditional stagecoach, not stagecoach, but, like, a railroad car. These are more like, uh, for, for Paris and our anime viewers, kind of like Cotton Iron and Iron Fortress sort of cars. Uh, where they're, okay. they're, they're more fortified, they're more durable, they're obviously more insulated, and there's less, if any, windows. Interesting. Um, so, it's a snow piercer. Essentially. Oh, damn. No, we're going to have to fight for survival in the ranks. Thanks. <laughs> 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 uh... But yeah, anyway, so so you would notice that that there's a big difference between this much more rugged elemental rail than the one that you've been on before. <coughs> okay. uh, so you guys have paid. You guys are you know last minute. Does anyone need anything from this town before you get on the elemental rail? No, I don't think so. I can't think of anything. All right, no. you guys get up on the car. You guys stable your horses in the last car, and you're off. Uh, you guys, you guys have the same sort of size of a room, where there is no luxury car and there's no lounge car. They've just made it, you know, all of the rooms are pretty spacious. 
Okay. But pretty much every car of this rail, uh, this this train, essentially, are passenger cars. There's one supply car, one stable car, the engine car at front, and the rest, the other five cars, are uh, are just passenger cars. So you have an eight-car system. Hmm. And right. it no. goes, and you guys are off. You guys have cool. a, 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 single, a singular metal shut or open window. There's no glass. It's just metal to close or open. Um, and, uh, the, 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 your room is pretty comfy in honesty. I mean, there's no, there's not beds and shit, but so you're like, you're going to be sleeping on the floor or in the booth couches, uh, that make up your room for the next couple of days. But it's, you know, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the, the, you know, it's all fur lined. The room itself is quite warm, maybe a little like too hot. You might crack the window because you're still in the <laughs> marsh. Okay. But within a day and a half, you guys are out of the marsh. And by the way, don't tax your food while you're on the yellow rail. You guys are being fed by the yellow rail system. All right. Wonderful. In-flight meals. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> um, so it's about a total of two of day and a half, almost two days, when you cross a huge stone bridge that crosses a, ra- a raging river, very similar to the one that you got across before, and you are in a open uh, plains-like area. It's actually really beautiful. Hmm. Uh, for for a while. Do you all want to do an ev- investigation with the car, or can I just fast travel you? Tenshi um, learned his lesson last. Don't don't get involved with the other people. Does anyone need healing while we're here? Nope. I mean, you guys have been traveling on a car uh, on a train for a couple of days. I'd wager you all would have healed any natural ailments. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. No, I'm good. Okay. You guys travel for another day, so a total of two and a half, maybe three days. When you come to a stop, it is at a uh, intersection town for the Ella Rail. It is it is very busy, um, but honestly, it's it's you guys are there for a couple of hours um, while the the train sort of quote unquote refuels and gets new passengers on and old passengers off. All right. Well. If we have a couple hours to go explore, uh, I'm going to try some of the local brew. The taverns are nice. There's a couple of them. Um, But, you know, one of them is selling overpriced McGurk's Lurks. Even more overpriced than McGurk's Lurks tends to be. (laughs) But uh, the other other local alcohol is mediocre, if not good. All right. And you see people selling uh, hardware gear here as well, but almost three times the cost. Oh, so it's like we're staying at Disney World. Thankfully, we purchased it before coming here. Well, it's like it's like you're in the this is the last town before the tundra. We're gonna yeah, fucking you're in the shit. So yeah, it's gonna be up of uh, a charge. Yeah, it's like gassing up before you get on the highway. Don't mm-hmm. don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. You're fucking up. Yep. Anyway, so other than that, not much to be said about this town. It's it's got its problems for sure, but you guys are on a mission. Uh, all right. Something peculiar you notice um, about oh some of the interesting people that are joining you. You see the random assortment of obvious passengers 
But for the first time, at least for some of you, uh, you see Yakman. Mm. Cool. Boarding the train. Uh, okay, that's neat. Three of them. And Yakman, bear in mind, are like eight foot tall, broad shouldered, huge humanoids. Like, like, not obviously huge by the size category, but like they're big dudes. Um, and all of them are black fur. Racist. How? How? It's a descriptive factor. <laughs> Jesus. If you'd be like, if you were like, uh, local adventurers outpost, I, I've been mugged by a yakman. They'd be like, okay, describe the yakman. He was a yakman would, of color. You would not sir. say that. You would not say that. What's the opposite of a yakman of color? A yakman of lack of pigment. Albino. The y'all motherfuckers <laughs> why we're about to have a goddamn race war in America. <laughs> right? <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I suppose that's better than the alternative. Uh, the, the, he was just a yakman. He looked like every other yakman. Oh. Yeah. They all look the same. Yeah, all, yeah, the look the same. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking opened the door to let you guys just devolve into <laughs> fantasy hey, world racism for five minutes. Anyway, bigotry towards Yakmen aside. <laughs> hashtag Yakmen Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yak Lives Matter. I'm gonna tweet that right now. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, there goes any listenership that. Oh yeah. Oh continuous yeah. listenership. I'm even gonna protest these podcasts. <laughs> and it's all your fault. <laughs> anyway, so Yakman on the train. Yeah, there are three Yakman on the train, and you guys are going into the tunnel. Like within a couple of hours of uh, the 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 Ella Rail going, leaving this town. You can already he- hear the wind howling. You're like, close the fucking window. It's cold as shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And she's like, no, but then I can't see outside. Along the way, uh, Ogden's, you know, lack of anything better to do is probably going to set up his brewer's kit and just, you know, try and use some more of those mushrooms. Sure. Maybe to find that vodka recipe he was working on. God. What? <laughs> hey, what else are we going to do for the three or four days that we're traveling? That's true. <laughs> I mean, Nobody I would, I would, I don't know a lot about moonshining fucking mushroom vodka. Yeah, nor do I, but I'm just but, assuming if there's a way, he'd try and figure it out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if anyone would be able to, it would probably be a dwarf. But yeah. I understand that the, the system is very delicate and it shouldn't be jostled. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Who knows? Maybe it'll add to the flavor. Who knows? Indeed. Yeah, right? <laughs> Besides, it'll settle when it's in my backpack and I'm oh, running for my life. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another day or so, and you guys are uh, clearly in the fucking tundra hard. Like, you open the mm-hmm. window, look both ways, you see fucking nothing but snow, um, and maybe the occasional, you know, patch of trees or, or, or line of trees. Um, if there is a snowstorm going on, uh, 
it is that time of year. Alrighty. And uh, sweet. on your second day, there is a call through the hallway. You hear a man yelling through the hallway, yelling, Stop the train! Stop the train! Or Ella Rail, whatever. Um, and so, obviously, that would be a call to awareness for you all. Hell yeah. Pokes his head out of the room and looks both ways. What? I, uh, from within the uh, room, Ogden calls up attention. What's the matter? Is there a yak on the track? I don't get it. <laughs> I heard Paris just face bomb. <laughs> you know good, Everyone make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Is it against that terrible joke? Yes. Uh, no, that would be a now. that would be a wisdom saving throw. You may also take that saving throw if you wish. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was I? What, what throw was I doing? Uh, a dex saving throw. A dex saving throw. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. I rolled a total of ten. Okay. Michelle, you with us? Yeah, um, I got an eighteen. I rolled a seven. Okay. <laughs> okay, the two most dexterous characters can't pass our deck checks for shit. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and uh Ogden, what'd you get? Oh, I'm making a deck saving throw against my own terrible joke. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh the other right, no. Eleven. Okay, everyone but Bork is is jostled about. Um, oh, and don't tanks. I have sturdy or something like that? Yeah, but the train is being brought to an emergency brake. Oh, okay. I don't know what is what does sturdy do? It's about making you move, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and it, no, what, I'm not seeing it on my list. Maybe it's not in fifth. Thank you. Anyway, go ahead. Um. So yeah, the the the, the train is brought to an abrupt. Emergency brake, stop, and all of you except for Bork are thrown forward uh, uh, and pile into each other at the front of your car. Ow. Nice. And take uh, two points of bludgeoning comedic damage. Well, okay. <laughs> No, yeah, that's not a thing in this one. I think you're, yeah, if you get Dwarven Resilience and you get Dwarven Toughness if you're a Hill Dwarf, but yeah, nothing yeah, that prevents you that from nice being thrown around. Two temporary damage, you said? Yeah, it, it's not temporary damage, it's legit damage, but I said wow. comedic damage comedic. more than anything. <laughs> Two comedic damage, so it's funny while we're laughing and doing it. Well, I mean, if you saw it in, like, a show, you'd be like, ha, Bork that's funny. Laughing. Yeah, Bork is laughing. Right. No, my vodka. Yeah. Did he uh, spill any? I don't want to make it a deal, so no. <laughs> okay, great. All right, so you guys um, obviously would probably, you know, be be aware of the situation. Um, you can hear uh, people that work for the Elemental Rail are checking rooms, and before long, maybe by the time you guys have picked yourselves up and you know, dusted yourselves off, uh, someone opens your, your, your cabin door and asks if you're all alright. Tenchi upside down with Ogden's thigh in his face, going, we're fine! 
I inquire as to what happened. The rail ahead of us has been destroyed. Bummer. No. Wait, what? Well, okay. So, we're going to have to either attempt to repair the rail, but for now, we're going to have to send uh, the passengers <laughs> a day's travel on foot north to a nearby town for respite. Ogden raises his hand while still sitting awkwardly on Tempty's face. I can help. I have bending. I assume that you mean to cast a spell upon the rail to fix it? Yes. Well, that's, or multiple applications thereof. Well, that's a bit of a problem, you see, for the metal involved of the rails are, are resistant to magic. As in to make them less able to be sabotaged in a situation like this. Anyone else getting that really bad sinking feeling? Oh, here, I'll get off your face. Anyway, not dwarf flies and gross. Listen, plenty of dwarf wives think dwarf thighs are perfectly sexy. Hey, mm. and dwarf wives matter. Uh... <laughs> okay, I walked into that one. Uh... No, 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 no one walked into that. <laughs> I you set it up. No, it was gonna no, happen. no, no one set that up. You just chose to make <laughs> that happen. You were like... I'm going to piggyback on what was kind of a fucked up joke the first time around. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's called a callback. I get that it's a callback. I get that it's a callback. I understand comedic timing. <laughs> <sighs> uh, fuck it. Fuck it. See, see, this would this would have been a time where the old kitty would have made uh, rocks fall to the sky. And yeah, everyone. yeah, yeah. So Starty the, wife, start I, over. I, I'm very much a New Testament Kenny, opposed to the <laughs> Old Testament Kenny of earlier campaigns when we were younger. No, longer a vengeful Kenny. No, I had a kid, and it really calmed me down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh boy. So, uh, yeah. So you all are are offered to ride uh, on foot ride on foot to go on foot or on your horses if you have them uh, a day's travel to a town nearby are we being forced to leave or is it an option you're being asked to leave because you will be more comfortable there okay yeah but what if the people here at the rail need some protection. There won't be anyone here except for the staff, which we are equipped to handle this in this circumstance, we assure you. Alright, to the other town then. Alright, um, so yeah, a couple hours later, the entire um, group of riders are, are ready to head pretty much straight north. You all have a couple of company men from the Ella Rail being your guides, so you guys don't need to like make navigation checks or anything. But it is a snowstorm. So I assume you all are wearing your hard weather clothes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If you are um, wearing your armor in addition to your hard weather clothes, you're moving five feet less per combat round. Just going to put that out there. 
Okay. All right, sounds good. I'm moving a total of 20 feet now. Oh, 20, actually, 25. actually, you don't because um, dwarves have that thing where their movement is not slowed by wearing heavy armor. Oh, which, yeah. I, which I feel right. would be appropriate for this circumstance. Okay, so I'm still... Bring it on, I'm not encumbered. But yeah, even the guy not wearing armor is... Yes, awesome! <laughs> Who? No, hey. I'm wearing Oh, you're slow, too. No, he's not wearing, not armor. wearing armor. I, wearing I understand armor. that, but he is now effectively, and I'm not saying like it's providing any protection, but you are now wearing armor in the way in which you're now wearing a full, like... Oh, so it increases your armor class by one. No, no it doesn't it, increase your armor class. I'm saying the contrary. Oh, as in because it's big and fluffy. Okay. Yeah, it's big and fluffy, and you don't have all your maneuverability anymore. So what's my movement speed now? Five points less. Wow, I'm still at forty. <laughs> nice. Um. So okay, yeah, you guys travel on north. Did by any chance that heavy weather stuff actually include like a blanket or anything like that? Yes. Yes. Then I'm going to put the blanket on the horse. Okay. Yeah, good thinking. Let's do that. So the horses don't freeze. Yeah. Are any of the other travelers taking their horses or? Pretty much everybody that has a horse has taken their yeah, horse. Yeah, taking my horse. All right. So we're following this big conglomerate. Yeah, it's about it's about a hundred people. In this total. big horse march. Mm-hmm. Um, being creating body heat as well. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Despite it being a shitty snowstorm, it is altogether not the worst experience. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you guys travel for a day with no error. There's you guys aren't attacked by anything. At one point, uh, your guy stops, and then 15 minutes later, you all start walking again. You hear rumors about why that might have been. Um. Someone said that they, they the, the scout saw a remora in the distance, but then it passed. Um, I got a net 20 on Insight. Trying to see a little bit more of what they're, like, hinting at. Whether that was true. Yeah. Um, it's a rumor. It's, so the, they, the, guy, the guy you end up asking is like, yeah, I believe it. Remoras live in this part of the world, and they are very dangerous. So... Okay. If it was there, I don't know. You'd have to talk to the scout, which he's probably not in the talking mood because he's scouting, but... Yeah. If it's to be believed, then yeah, I believe that's what happened. Okay, uh, within that day's travel, you guys arrive to uh, this... Not small, but it's not exactly like a town, like 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 a huge capital city. Um... Or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's pretty big. And there is enough housing for you all to be stowed away in for a couple of days while the rail gets fixed. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I guess we take somewhere in the catastrophic necessity shelter. Yeah. Basically, Perfect. basically a warehouse is, is uh, you know, sort of organized so that all of you displaced Ella Rail customers essentially can yeah. uh, can call that warehouse home for a couple of days. Okay. Tenchi sets up his hammock. As he does. Alright. 
So I think Ogden's probably not going to try brewing here. That just seems like a problem if there's going to be so many damn people around. Right. Yeah. You're going to make a lot more friends. Well, also, we were under the assumption the vodka is not very good. It's <laughs> it's illuminescent. <laughs> Dude, it's not about taste, it's about novelty. Or do you not remember purple ketchup? <laughs> you bring up a fantastic point. I don't want to know. Oh. Really? You don't remember this? It was a thing in the 90s where we had purple and purple ketchup. Was, yeah, of yeah, it was purple and like green ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, there's a reason why I chose to forget. <laughs> no, you have to remember. Life depends on it. Nope. I dumbledore anyway. all of those memories right the fuck out. Yeah. After a day, uh, Ogden will probably break down and say, you know what, fuck it, break out the vodka. But or the first out. night, probably not. Well, unfortunately, you don't get the privilege of waiting till the next morning before something is going to go awry. Oh, no. Yay! Well... No, you guys don't want to just, like, ride around the world on the yellow rail for a couple of weeks and do absolutely nothing? Yeah, we got shit to do. See oh, the sights? Okay. So the yellow rail's fixed. Right. Okay. No, um, so, there is a ruckus, and uh, you all can hear war drums in the distance. War drums? Yes. That's not good. Well, okay. Uh, I'll make sure he has his armor and his uh, weapons all prepped. And, uh, yeah, I assume people would probably be putting on their armor at this point. Would I be able to, with a 19 insight, recognize these drums? Like, who is actually... Because I, I was a soldier, would I be able to recognize what at least species it is or, or what You would recognize these, the war drums that you're hearing, to be of uh, the warring... Bandit clans of the Yak folk in the north. Okay. I relay this information. I don't want to reinforce Sturgeon, but. <laughs> I want to make one more point. <laughs> no, no, we're done. We're done. Yeah, spoilers. The Yakmen are going to be bad guys in this session, but we're done. We're done. God <laughs> damn it. Are you sure this information with us? Yeah, she said she does. Relay that. Oh no, yak attack. Great. Mm. Okay, we got the obvious one out of the way. Let's go. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God we just ripped that band-aid right off. <laughs> what type of day is this? It is, it is evening. It is evening, so it is getting dark, or is it already dark? It is getting dark. Okay. Alright, I see if we have... Are we... I'm guessing we're going to be defending... Well, I don't know if you've seen this from us. I don't know. We don't even know what's going on. We're still in the thing. Yeah. That's going to be funny. So they attack the town, and then all these adventurers pour out of the warehouse and like, Right. made a mistake. Right. It's a bit So uh, amongst, the, amongst the people in the warehouse, you all um, and maybe 15 other people look like they're prepared to defend themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More of a question of having yeah. us, should we start lighting torches and show our strength, or should we just kind of hide, burn out all the lights, and then hope that this is just a marching thing and they're marching right past us? I'm gonna go with we need to stay here until we're given other orders to do otherwise, because 
I'm not saying we have, I'm we saying, have no orders. I'm saying light torches so that, you know, we're we, not fighting in oh, the dark. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, I misspoke earlier when you asked what time of day it was. It's it's the okay. middle it's the middle of the day. Okay. I'm so okay, sorry. So it really does attack in broad daylight. That's too ballsy of them. Which means I don't think it's a raid. I think this is a specific coordinated thing. Can we see the uh, marching yaks from the warehouse? You'd have to leave the warehouse to do that. You have to leave because there's no windows or anything like that, I guess. Right. Are there any of the other soldiers that are around us actually leaving? Um, well, there, there's there's talk going on until a uh, wounded guardsman runs in. He has a javelin wound in his uh, upper right chest. Okay. And uh, he uh, he is yelling to arm yourselves, we're being attacked. Right. He seems to receive medical treatment. He seems to be receiving medical treatment and is being debriefed when you guys are donning your armor. So by the time you guys start talking about what you're talking about now, um, a sort of captain of the guard sort of steps up and with a booming voice sort of addresses the warehouse as a whole. He says to you all, we have a militia in this town, and they are trained to handle the Yakman threat. Any of you who would raise arms to help defend, we would be glad to receive you. But we will defend you if we must. Tenchi raises his arms. I have arms! Aye, you have my axe. I raise my hand. You don't have an axe! I know. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say, you have my bow, and then I'm supposed to say, oh, you guys... <laughs> yeah, yeah and, then, and then we roll then we roll, then we roll like TV show applause in the background yeah alright let's get out there been cooped up for long enough I want to swing my hammer and hit things alright so you guys meet out go out and meet the, meet the militia um sweet and there is about 50 militiamen uh, 20 of them are crossbows, and the other 30 are um, either pikemen or shield and sword wielders. Okay. And, uh, Mark would probably start going up to the soldiers that have been there. They say that they've been trained and start asking them, do these yaks have any sort of weakness that you know I should know about? Or um, While you're trying to, to talk to some of the guardsmen, or to some of the militiamen, um, the obvious sort of captain of the guard you can see, because he's got this nice, big, shiny badge, um, walks up to the group of you, not just you four, but also, like, yeah. the other, um, adventure-type people from the, from the Ella Rail that are coming out to sort of buff their numbers. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah. what we can tell you is two things about when fighting the Yakman. One, do not chase them into the snow. Two, never look into their jars. Jars? What? If a yakman pins you to the ground, he will attempt to make you look into a ceramic jar. If you do, it will steal your soul. Can I make an arcana check on that? Sure. Nat 20. So grand total, that's going to be intelligence. 
21. Sure, let me just make sure I have the spell right before I start telling you what I Yeah. Draw. That is the magic jar spell you're talking about, right? Yeah, I'm fairly certain. You know exactly what this is. Oh, yeah. Is this yeah. <laughs> if you had to guess because of the nature of the jar and the fact that there's some sort of, like, possession with the soul and whatnot going on in the speech, you're going to make the educated guess that these yakmen like to cast magic jar on people. Yep. Steal souls and, I don't know, bring some later. Yeah, what can you do with that? Someone just holding it. Put it in orb. No, yeah. <laughs> Different campaign jokes. <laughs> so anyway. you would you would know you would know the following about about the magic jar spell with that roll. One, it mm -hmm. is a necromancy spell. Mm -hmm. uh, two, it requires a catalyst, so obviously the jar. Yep. It lasts forever until it is dispelled. Um. And the purpose of it is to steal someone's soul so that you can put your soul in their body. Oh, that's weird. So you can that's... you can possess people with this. Yakmen to have. And uh, so you could make the simple assumption that these yakmen do that to make slaves. Oh. Oh boy. Neat. So those are your two big warnings that the, the militia sort of captain gives you all: is to not chase the yakmen out into the snow, and to not stare into their jars. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna chase them out into the snow first chance I get. <laughs> and I'm just gonna grab the biggest jar I can find, just put my head right in it. Um, <laughs> That's Stitchy's job. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh boy. So you all can see a mass of. Anyone want to give me a perception check? All right. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, actually, did that. Man, my rolls are terrible. Yeah, I rolled a five. Uh, seven. I can go a ten. Oh, wait, no. Actually, I rolled a... Uh... Eight. Okay. And what's your um favorite enemy? My favorite enemy is, uh, um, aberrations. Uh, yeah, so it wouldn't apply to them. Yeah. Um, and Michelle, did you get a perception check? Seven. Yeah, you guys think that there, there may be about a hundred yakmen out there in the snow, but you couldn't tell for sure. So we're outnumbered. Not drastically, but yeah. Well, I mean... Each of us only has to kill, like, five to each of our uh, our bodies. And then, you know, the NPCs can just mop up anything that's left over. We'll be all right. Well, it's I said 50 militiamen, and it's about 15 to 20 of you all. Oh. Uh, okay. And if you're, if, you're, if you're right, which you probably aren't, about the 100 number, you guys mm -hmm. are only being outnumbered by, like, 20 or 30 people. Well, those are just the ones we see. There's no... They're... They seem coordinated. They're probably not dumb enough to just charge in all from one direction. Most likely, we're going to be uh, pincered off from the sides. So, who is guarding the warehouse of travelers? Or actually, what is the primary goal for the uh, militiamen to defend? Um, they're defending the perimeter of the town. So right. they have their militia sort of spread out to the main entrances of the town. But they're only a couple 
so they're actually re- able to concentrate their forces rather well. All right. So there's actually a wall around the town? No, 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 but the, the town itself is, like I said, it's not super large. Um, okay. So there's only a couple ways to get into the town that are, like, main roads. Everything else would be, like, squeezing between buildings, and sure, you can, write a, you can run a guerrilla warfare that way, but you can't route a fortified troop by attacking them from uh, alleyway, you know? Okay. Alright. Sounds good. So, um, would you all set yourself up in one of those main areas, or do you want to stay near the center of town? Do you want to stay near the warehouse? Do you want to run out to the fields? Like, How tall are the buildings? Quite short. No building is more than 20 feet tall in this in this town. So you can climb up as well. Right. So I think it would actually be beneficial for at least me, who's dexterous and quick enough to do it, would be able to climb up on the buildings and go between groups as needed. I imagine you and Harmon Khan could probably climb up to the top of... Harmon Khan definitely right? should be on rooftop. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Hell yeah. I'm going. All right. I actually put you on the highest possible building. Ogden's <laughs> going to go for the main thick of where it seems like the most yakmen are coming from. He's going to be front-lining right there. Looks like we're going okay. to do a little bit of one cook. Hopefully. And not dividing the concrete. Alright. Uh, um, Michelle, where, where, where are you going to put Bork here for this fight? I have no clue. Um, I guess at one of the other entrances. Okay, so... Dividing the party pretty much everywhere. I, I guess. I'm fine with that. I just want to know where I'm like mentally keeping you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, trying to be so the there, there are three. He can provide tanking too. He can provide healing. I feel like the both of you should be together. There are three main entrances to the town that are that that people are that the militia is focusing their defense on. And Ogden is at the one that is closest to where the Yakman are like have their force. Uh, Hamankar, and you're on a rooftop. Yes. Do you want to try and get to the highest point in town? Because that would be on top of the warehouse that you were staying in. Um. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I would want to get the best vantage point possible. So. All right. So you you're able to get up there. It's not easy because it's all slippy and shit. But you're able to get up there. I'm up there. Yeah, and, we're you, and you can see it all, man. You can see everything. Oh, hell yeah. You can see that there is a smattering of about ten yakmen on the other side of the village that are going to attack one of the other entrances, but the okay. main the main force of the yakmen are at the, the one side that you all, all already see. Okay. So other than that simple flank maneuver, that's pretty much all that they've seemed to have employed for this assault. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just say, Tenji, you're in, like, the middle of town, and you're going to respond to the fight, I guess? Or do you have, like, a specific... You can move fast enough, and you can probably get to wherever you need. Right, that was the thing. I was going to stay on the rooftops, find, like, the point that would need immediate assistance, and then go to that. Well, do you want to go up to where Haman Karn is and share that scouting info? And yeah. Then, like, you... I mean, that's, that's not a terrible idea. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you see that there is that small flanking tangent outside 
but otherwise there's no other forces attacking the town. What do you want to do with that? Are there any guardsmen on alert for that particular... Yeah, so like maneuver? the militia itself has spread itself perfectly into thirds okay, and has sent militia force to the main way that's going to get attacked, some to the, the, the third to the way that's going to get flank attacked, and then a bunch of militia to the exit that hasn't been... A, that seems like no yakmen are setting up to attack. Okay. Okay, so at least we have all the, the uh, entrances covered. Yeah, like I, like I said, like you were told before, like, this militia is trained to defend this town, so... Okay. So I'm gonna just hang out with Helmankarn until I recognize where the biggest lag is. Okay. Okay. Alright, um... Cool, let's go ahead and get into it. So, uh, actually, you know what? Let's take a fiver before we get into the combat, because I could use a little boys' room. Okay. okay. Alright, be back in a few. Alright, so, um... Until we get into, like, melee, I'm just gonna go ahead and... play off of an initiative... Um, and okay. when, when melee happens, I'll tell everyone to roll initiatives and stuff. Um, how long before they arrive, do we assume? I mean, they're maybe a couple hundred feet out of town. I would say a hundred feet or so out of town. Okay, so not long. No, not at all. They're near enough, basically. Yeah. Well, not I mean, they're, they're at the, they're at the point it. where they might charge the town at any moment. Alright, fair enough. Let's get in there. So, oh, yeah. There is a pair of particularly tall uh, black-furred yakmen that step out in front of the rest of the, the main force. And uh, so so I guess all of you guys are in a position to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you all see the two of them raise their hands up and... Uh, well, I suppose that, that this part only people on the top of the warehouse will be able to see. Okay. But there is an Elorail cage being dragged up to the front lines of the of their of the Yakman. And inside of it is a ball of white light. Oh shit. Uh and then the two black furred, taller, like nine, ten feet tall Yakman hoist this ball up and hold it. And the white, the white light turned black. Um, so like it's almost like a black fire. And a globe of darkness encapsulates the entire town. No, as if cast darkness on us. Yes. No. Okay. Good thing. Good thing some of us are above the rest of the town. Yeah. So the lights go off for for um, for everyone on the ground, but um, you two guys on the warehouse can still see. Okay. And you can All see right. that there is a black beam of energy being shot at the town that is clearly maintaining this darkness. And when that goes up, the Yakman charge. <laughs> Uh, Haman Karn, Haman Karn, okay, I'll give you the opportunity to fire yeah, off an arrow at this point. How far out of uh, town are they? About 100 feet. Um, and, I would and, give... Um, 
Yeah, I'm motherfucker. That's where the cave was? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, but Haman Karn, I'm going to give you the opportunity to loose an arrow if you would. I'm going for it. Do you want to shoot? Do you want to shoot at the ten, fifteen yakmen that are flanking, or the main force, or a specific target? Um. Hmm. I think. Oh yeah, I guess the okay. So they cast the they cast that darkness. That complicates things a little bit. Well, I mean, you're not in the darkness. I know, I know, I, I know, I'm not. But that changes because we had because because the flank was covered. Um. But but the darkness kind of makes that a little bit more complicated. Right. Because when you said the plank was covered, I was kind of like, well, okay, I think I'm going to focus on the main thing, but now I'm worried about that plank. Right. So you want to pop um, a shot out into the flanking force? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for the flank. All right. Uh, do you want to try and make a perception check on the flanking force to see if you can discern a, a, any prime targets, or do you just want to pick a guy and hope for the best? I'm going to do a perception check. All right. Let me see what you got. All right, all right, all right, all right. 22. Okay, you take a moment, wipe the snow and the, the, the ice from your face and take a good long look at the flanking force that's now charging the town. There are exactly nine warriors, three of which are brandishing great swords three of which that are brandishing uh, some other form of two-handed polearm, one of which is brandishing a staff of some kind and is clearly um, a spellcaster, has, like, fetishes and wards all placed all over his body, and two of them are not wielding any weapons at all except for these huge ceramic jars that they're holding under one of their arms. God damn it. I kind of want to hit the. I kind of, kind of want to hit the, the clear magic user first, but those jars are pretty scary. Right, knowing what you know about them. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Let's see. I don't know what the. Uh, You said he was, like, shaman-like? Yeah, you you would probably assume that he is familiar with, like, earth magics rather than arcane magics. Right, right. You see no tome on him or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Alright, you know what? I'm going to take out one of the jar dudes. Okay, go ahead and give me an attack roll. And remember, you do get two attacks, so you could you could shoot both of the jar guys once if you wanted to. Right, right. Okay. Attack roll. 
Alright. And then that's my uh, dex, right? Yeah, so dex plus proficiency plus right. one, I believe. Yeah, plus one, because I have a plus one. Yeah. Alright, so... Fourteen. Alright, that's gonna hit. Roll your second attack. Alright. Do you want to shoot the same guy or the other guy? Like one each or double down? Um, I wanna shoot the other guy. Okay. Eleven. Okay. So, you're going to... This is the first time you fired your bow since Dryad has gifted you with the powers of not needing arrows, I believe, right? Uh, yes. Other than the Sunderlift fight. Right, right. So, you're going to trust in what you've been told, and keeping your eyes on your target, you reach down and just sort of feel your hand, and you feel an icicle. You grab it, press it against the string of your bow, pull it back, and it forms into a, a shaft and a, a barbed arrow tip made of ice. And with a, with a brief, fuck yes, you lose. Your first arrow aims nice and true and hits the, the Yakman right in the torso. Roll damage on that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, that, that mathematical equation. Yeah, yeah, what's the... Okay, my damage is... It's 1d8 um, for base. Yeah, it's 1d8. Um, you don't have a Hunter's Mark on this guy, and you don't have Colossus Slayer. Right. But it's 1d8 plus 2d4 plus 4? Yeah. 1d8 plus 2d4 plus 4? Yeah. Uh, 17. That man is very dead. He turns into a statue of ice and, ex and explodes on the ground. Pretty good. Well, with a hundred enemies, I would hope they wouldn't have like you know fifty HP each. Um, you 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 hit the other jar brandisher as well. Roll damage. All right. Uh, nineteen. That man is that Yakman is also very dead. <laughs> um, and it is about that time that you see two of the warriors fall down as well, as you can hear the crossbows of that flank release their bolts, and two of the Yakman warriors just fall as the rest of them charge the front line of that flank. Sweet. Um Tenchi, do you want to respond to any of this? Um. So I just basically saw him drop two people from how far away are we? Let's call it 150, maybe 200 feet. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is it my turn or am I just reacting to him dropping two people? It's oh, well, basically like the face surprise round. I'm assuming. Yeah, you guys are getting an opportunity to respond to them before they meet the front lines of the village. If I were to hop from rooftop to rooftop, would I be in darkness, or...? Uh, yes. No. Jumping into the darkness would be 
terrible idea. So I'm going to stay on the rooftop, keeping an eye out with Common Karn, because right now I can't do shit in the darkness. Well, you, your only option that is non-darkness is leaping off of the warehouse outside of the town. Um, and leaving the town and, like, running around the town to one of the fights. Now that I can do. I'll, I will flank the flankers. Okay. That's a thought. So I'm a... I'm gonna do that. So, um, so going full speed, that that will take this round and another round to get there. Right. Okay. That's fair. All right. So, let's go to the ground. The main force that um, Ogden and Bork are with. Uh, the you see you can hear the crossbows. You know the crossbowmen in your area in your flank. You know draw their arrow their bolts back and say. We are going to fire in five seconds. Get below shoulder level. Is Ogden already below shoulder level? I mean, <laughs> if you want to be a smartass, yeah. But I even if I was a dwarf, if I was standing in front of a line of essentially muskets, I'd duck. Yeah, I'll duck. <laughs> okay. About five seconds later, you hear a round of crossbow fire. And even both of you probably feel the wind of a crossbow bolt whiz past you. And you can hear the, the, the sounds of beings die in front of you. Um, but those sounds are close, and you can hear the hoofs of the Yakman approaching. Would you all, do you all want to sally out of the darkness to meet them, or stay in the darkness? I'm going to stay in the darkness. And since it's magical darkness, uh, we can't see anything, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I had something, but I can't see the enemy, so I can't do it. So I guess I'm going to stay in the darkness and just kind of be on the defense. Okay, do you want to prepare an action? What, do either of you want to prepare an action? Um... Actually, I would like to use an action. Sure. And I'm going to attempt to cast Dispel Magic on the Darkness. Okay. Ah. Alright, and I get to make a... Uh, You're going to have to roll it. It says I make an ability check uh, using my spell casting ability. Now, is that like my uh, my spell attack bonus of plus six, or is it just my wisdom of plus three? It's just your wisdom. Okay. Uh, 18 to Dispel it. You're actually going to be able to dispel that. Wait, it's what's the base before yeah. you have to start dispelling at a, at a level? Say what? What's the what's the base DC? Because I know what spell what level this spell the is DC being cast equals at. It's ten plus the spell's level. It's ten. So unless it's an eighth level spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, no, you're able to dispel the the magic, but only in your area. So what? You dispel like a thirty foot globe of the darkness. The rest of the town is still in darkness. Good enough. So you all can see that there is a mob of about 50 yakmen, maybe less than 20 feet from your line. This is a question because I'm not entirely familiar with D&D. Sure. I have got the abjure enemy, which means that for an enemy that I see, I can try to scare them. Right. And is a standard action. 
Right now I've got two attacks though. Can I sacrifice one of my attacks and do this? Or would I have to pick between abjuring an enemy or using my two attacks? You have to choose. Let me I check. Let me check. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pretty sure that the extra attack is just an extra thing you can take on your normal action. So, but no, then again, I'm not terribly only, familiar with it. I think history. you can only use an extra attack when you attack. Uh, you can't just do an action and then attack. It has to yeah. be an entire attack. Mm -hmm. Oh, it says, no, it says as an action. Mm. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you present your holy symbol and speak prayer. Right, which then also means you can do a bonus action. Bonus. If you had a bonus action to do anything else. I have a bonus action to, to be able to bow and then end it in a two. Isn't Hunter's Mark a bonus action? I think you... Don't you have to hit in order to make a Hunter's Mark? Or no, or no. Something? no. No, you cast Hunter's Mark on something. Okay, so that's an action attack. Unless it's passed out as a bonus action. Yeah, right. So it has been decided that I can't attack and do the... No, no, if you observe... Okay. If you use the abjure enemy action, you would not be able to then also attack something. Okay. Well, then I'm going to... Just because I've never used it before and I kind of want to use it, I'm going to attempt to abjure enemy, and then I'll also do a vow of enemy. Can I do a vow of enemy on another creature? Different from the one, because it's only one creature that I can abjure. Right, so yeah, but if you want to, like... It, like scare the god into one guy and then be like you're next you could absolutely do that but okay, you, that's what I do. but you would be using two of your channel um, divinity usages how many do you have say what how many times yeah, can you, you have? i have no idea it doesn't say well it just says as a, for the enemy it says as a bonus action you can utter a vow um Right, but it's, against the creature. It doesn't say like how many I have. I don't think it's a once per well, day. I think it's a pretty much. It's like a cantrip for an well. No, I don't think nice. that that's the case. When you take the this oath at third level, you gain the following two channel divinity options. So I'm trying to see where in Paladin your um, channel divinity is here. Um, if it's at all similar to the channel divinity for a clicker that she would have two uh, in between short and long rests. So you have one channel divinity between short rests. So okay. I cannot do both of these at the same time. No, 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 no. You can. It's just this is your one until we take an hour. No, rest. no, she can't do both, is what I'm telling you. Yeah. You're right. saying that I have one. Yeah, so so but between each short rest you have one vow of an anemone or a abjure enemy. Are there any of the ones that I can see that are particularly threatening? Oh, you're going to have to give me a perception check for that. Uh, he's not very perceptive at the moment. He got a 12. I mean, you can discern that, that there is a, a higher ranking Yakman on the lines than the others, but that's about it. Alright, well, I... I'm going to save that vow of anonymity. Sure. I mean, you couldn't use it on him anyway because he's not less than 10 minutes. Just, you know, higher rank. Right. Um, how far away is he from me? Uh, 20 feet, like the rest of them are. 
Okay, well, I am, I guess, going to be the very brash orc and bull rush him and try to charge him and attack him. Okay. That's what you would do. Well, you're going to run into the thick of an opposing enemy's line that's charging, so I'm going to get some attacks of opportunity on you. And this is where Bork dies. Bye. Oh, no. Alright, so out of the four attacks of opportunity, um, I got uh, a 17, a 16, a 12, and a uh, 13. My armor class is 16. Okay, so you only get hit by one. Okay. And you're going to take uh, four, five points of damage from that attack. Okay. But you're going to be got, able to now hit this sort of leader of the charging wave. Possibly. I got a 14 and a 17. Uh, both my head. Yeah, those both hit. Okay. So. I'm going to assume he's dead, but let's see. Yeah. Uh, for the, the charge, it adds five damage. Does that count for both of my attacks, or um, is it just five, one? I feel like the plus five only goes to one of those. That's what I feel like, too. I just wanted to... Yeah. Just to see. Sure. So the first one is going to get 11, a 16. And then my second hit <laughs> is going to get an 11. 16 and 11. All right, yeah, he's very dead. Right, I kill him. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Does uh, that morale boost anybody? I mean, like, with you, the rest of the front line is going to to sally out with you, but about a good 10 yeah. feet behind you. Um, the militia and the Yakman charging line clash, and uh, several die on both sides within that moment. Um, but the Yakmin obviously take the brunt of that. They did not expect to get countercharged, but your uh, your initiative on that has emboldened the militia to follow you. Good job, Bork. Um, a moment later, another round of crossbow fire whizzes into the melee, um, and another like three or four of the Yakmin just drop. Uh. Ogden, you want to give any dealings for this? Healing? Um, no, not healing, but like, do you want to do anything with this fight as it's progressing? Well, I had already cast Dispel Magic. Do I get another action? I'm offering you, yeah. Okay, yes. I'm going to cast Crusader's Mantle as a third level spell. Okay. Designates anyone who isn't of Yakman descent uh, to be unaffected and charge right into the middle of them. <clears throat> Bringing my 15-foot radius of my aura mm -hmm. into as much contact as I possibly can. Sure. Any Yakman that enter the aura immediately make a will save or take 3d8 damage. Will save halves. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you want to go ahead and roll the damage because I'm sure a lot of these guys are going to fail. Absolutely. Can I borrow a couple of d8s? Here we go. I have yours. And alright, that's good. That's nice. Uh, and plus my spell bonus, or plus my wisdom, I believe. Mm -hmm. That's going to total. Let me just make sure it's plus my. 
the damage, I don't think it's added. You don't add your... No, no, it's just 3d8. Yeah. So that's 13 radiant damage to okay. anything that fails. Okay. And half to so, seven of the of 12 of the twelve affected Yakman just drop. Yeah. Um, and the other five are severely wounded, but standing. And I'm just gonna saunter on through the masses and try to hit as many with my aura as I can. Uh, I don't have to. <laughs> Actually, casting the spell was my action. So. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 melee presses on, and quickly, despite your all, the two of you making big impacts. One, one with with Ogden's uh, mantle making an impression on m- many of the yakmen at a time, and Bork's undeniable martial prowess above these yakmen raiders. Um, let's say that the two of you collectively take about 12 damage each for the ne- over the course of the next couple of rounds. Of you Shit, guys I'm just sorry, play. did I say Crusader's Mantle or Spirit Gardens? You said totally Crusader's Mantle, spirit. but I assume you meant Spiritual Gardens because I heard you talking about that spell earlier. Yeah, uh, same same spell level, same uh, difference. It's fine, it's sorry. fine. You gave me the description of... I'm sorry? A 12 is on top of my 5. Yeah, so correct? you've taken a total of 17. Ogden's taken a total of 12 damage. And you guys have no, each right. made a, a notable impression on the, the way, what the direction this fight's going. <laughs> um, okay. As long as we don't get magic charge, we're fine. So you guys are doing that for the next little bit. Let's go back to uh, the other two players. Um, so by the time, Tenchi, you reach the flank... There's only a couple yeah. yakmen left approaching the flank. Okay. Uh, and you do take them by surprise. Do you want to kung fu the last couple of guys down? Uh, yeah, I'm going to kung fu that caster, dude. If okay. he's still up. Okay. If he's still up. Go ahead and... Um, Is let's he just, still up? Uh, yeah. Him and, and about five of the... Something like that. Him and about th- three or four of the yakmen warriors are what's left. Um, okay. So go ahead and roll your to hits. Okay, I'm gonna make my three martial arts attacks. Sure. First one is a nat one. All right. Second one is a twenty total. Okay. Whoa! Third one's all single. Third one is a twenty-two total. All right, you hit him twice. Ugh. Damage. Go plus your dex bonus. Yeah, I know. It's uh, five and another. So nine damage total. Sure. He is very dead. <laughs> okay. Woo! <laughs> oh, hold on. So, uh. Nothing bad happened from the box? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess you can't really drop your fist. Yeah. There's nobody to misfire on. You didn't, no, you I didn't, mean, at that point, it was just like I hit him in the stomach and he ducked, and I was like, oh, right, right. they go down. And just hit him in the face of the face. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Some, some, some combo of blows that is expected for the guy to not keel over halfway through it. <laughs> um, Haman Karn, you're on the roof. You see that the flank is completely secured, but the, uh, the main force doing well, but starting to get pushed back into the village. Also, we have 30 feet of uh, non-darkness to work with, so. 
All right. So do you want to give? Do you want to use a perception check to assess targets, or do you just want to throw some arrows into the fray? I I want to check the targets out. All right, go for it. <laughs> Suddenly, Ogden has an arrow on the back of his shoulder. Ow! <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope not. Okay. Um. Uh, 11. Okay. Amidst the skirmish, you're able to identify your comrades in the fray. You discern that both of them are not aware, amidst the, amidst the skirmish, that there are two threats coming towards them. You can see Bork is being flanked by a jar brandisher, and Ogden is about to get attacked by three yakmen at the same time. Do you want to try and aid one of your friends, or do you want to uh, try and shoot the leader of the charge? You can see that he's standing near the further away from the core of the skirmish, and he is issuing orders. I'm gonna take the Jarman out. Okay. Um, do I? Uh, can I? Can I hit him with Hunter's Mark from the far away? Um, I don't know. Let me check the range on that spell. Yeah. I don't... How much is it? Is it ninety feet? Then probably not. No. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead right. and say you're not gonna need that damage, but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let her rip. All right, man. Yeah, ninety right. feet. You'll be fine. It's okay. It's not that. Sixteen. Sixteen to hit the Jarman. You hit him. Okay. Cool. cool. Roll your second hit. Nine. Alright, that's a miss. Go ahead and roll your okay. damage for one attack. This Yakman okay. is damaged, so you will get your Colossal, your Colossus Slayer, though. Oh, he goes down. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so that's 2d8 plus 2d4 plus 4. 2d8 plus 2d4 plus 4? Yep. And Ogden, you're going to get attacked three times. Do they make their will saves? Uh, yeah, they're like I said, they're within melee range of me by this point, so they... They're both... Spell says as soon as they start their turn within my aura, they must make a will save. Or what? Take damage? Right. No, I'm not kidding you. That's how Spirit Guardians works. Uh, let's see. An affected creature's speed is halved in the area, and when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn, uh-huh. or starts a turn there, it must make a wisdom saving throw. On failed save, the creature takes 38 radiant damage. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I was just... I, I, I get yeah. that. I get that. But I was just asking for clarification of the failed save is damage, right? Yeah. They still take damage on a fail. Yeah. So I've already assessed that. Okay. And they are these are the only three that are close enough to you, and they are going right. to be able to attack. All right, great. Um, I see a twenty-two, a twenty-one, and a six. Well, the six definitely doesn't hit, but the twenty-two and twenty-one connect as I have twenty-one AC. Uh, you're going to take uh, another nine points of damage from those two attacks. All right. I rolled sixteen, by the way. Uh, 16 damage? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bork, amidst the skirmish, you, you cleave down another Yakman, and then you hear footsteps from behind, and by the time you turn with your weapon, right in front of you is an opened jar. And you can see into it, you see souls scathing at the opportunity for the light outside of the jar, and just unimaginable horrors inside of it. And you can hear the yakman in front of you that's holding the jar in front of your face, chanting loudly. But 
The moment before you feel yourself wanting to fall into the jar, an arrow strikes him in the neck. He freezes into ice. It shatters. I blink and look where the arrow came from. You see Haman Khan on the roof. I, I, I do it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Just like from the roof. Got it. <laughs> All right. I nod my head to him and continue with the battle. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, a moment later, you uh, the the combat continues on. Of course, the Yakman's numbers are beginning to dwindle substantially. And the militia has taken casualties, but not many. Have we taken any more damage? Um, no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the flank is secured between Tenchi's, you know, back attack, taking out her caster and uh, two of the other warriors a moment later. Um, the, 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 the defense of that side, the militia, uh, is able to fell the last warrior in the darkness. Um, there's a brief disturbance where Tenchi gets shot at by a crossbow, and then he says, I'm not a Yakman, I'm not a Yakman, and they're like, well, I can't see. You look hairy. <laughs> they're in darkness. Right. This whole thing. Um, they won't be able to see out of the darkness, that's the problem. <laughs> right. So uh, the, the, the Yakman begin to fall back, and uh, the Hamankarn, you can see the two taller yakmen that are wielding this iron cage with the spirit inside of it, or the elemental inside of it. Yeah. Um, the beam dissipates, the darkness fades, and they and you can see the two of them, a couple of the routed yakmen warriors, and the chieftain that led the charge, and uh, not led the charge, but like was ordering around the battle, they disappear into the snow. Hmm. Hey, Bork, you want to chase down some Yakman? I'm told not to go into the snow. I know, but do you want to chase down some Yakman? I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I love the look on Michelle's face of just being like, just like looking, looking straight on and then just admitting that she really wanted to hunt down the Yakman, just like looking down. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like, I know this is the right, the wrong thing to do, but I really want to do it. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. Okay, so the, the battle subsides. Most of the wounded militiamen are able to be recuperated with magic and medicine checks. Um, unfortunately, ten men did lose their life in that fight, but the Yakmen lost nearly 70. So a pretty good, yeah. a, pretty, a pretty positive ratio to life loss versus death caused. Um... Do you all want to press out of the village right away, or do you want to stay behind uh, before you do that? Well, we were told not to chase them, so we're not gonna, I'm not going to chase them. We press out right away. Okay, so... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, huh? I'm, 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 I'm going to continue cautiously looking onward. All right, so Ogden and uh, Bork press out... Know. So you charge off into the snow? All right. I'm, of course, it's probably in the warehouse. So, yeah, you can see them going out into the snow following the, the Yakman. Um, give me a perception check to see if you can keep an eye on them in the storm. Okay. Oh, just home gone. 
because that was a race, waste of a good roll. <laughs> yep. Remember I, I, I rolled a four. You immediately lose out. sight of them. Yeah. So the two of you charging out into the snow, you can see the yakmen that are routed in the distance. Their black fur stands out brightly in the, 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 the white snowstorm. But you begin to lose track of the town behind you. We probably don't want to go that far out then. Yeah. Keep the town in our distance, in our in our view, but... Okay, so you want to head back to the town? Yeah, since they're obviously not stopping. No, they're running. By the Are way... Are they close enough that I can throw a javelin at them? If you want to, sure. Yeah, they're... Like, you feel that if you pressed on more, you could catch up with them easily. But you'd probably oh, really? lose... You'd probably lose out of the town in doing so. And I feel like if you lose sight of the town, you won't. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to throw a javelin at them, though. Okay. Just a spite javelin from the distance? Yeah. Um, that is a 19. Because, like, would I get two attacks with this? No, let's just give you one for the sake of it. <laughs> so yeah, 19 to hit with my javelin. Alright, you sink a javelin perfectly in the, the, the back of one of the two much taller yakmen. Okay. That we're holding the, the, the cage. How far away from us are they? Let's say 40 feet ahead of you. Great. He got six damage, by the way. Sure. I cast Sacred Flame on that guy. All right. The same one that she pegged with the... Uh, gotcha. The roll, roll damage? Hit? Hit? Uh, to hit? 17 to hit? Hey, you hit him. And damage... Um... Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, this is a dexterity saving throw. So the DC is going to be, I believe, because of my holy symbol, that gives me a plus one. So it's going to be a 16. And is it half damage on success? Uh, Nope. It says uh, uh, make a dexterity saving throw or take 1d8. Okay, so if you you pass... Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. You hit him. Roll damage. Alright. That is 8 radiant damage. Max damage. Um, the, the, the being attacked twice from the behind is going to make these oh. yak... Wait, wait a second. I'm so sorry. I'm above level 5, so that's actually 2d8. Okay, 14 damage. Okay. You don't sorry kill him. You don't kill him. But he is going to turn. His eye is going to glare a, a red light for a moment. And you see his face in full before the snow shrouds his retreat. Mm-hmm. It'd be a really weird use of this, but I could hunters mark somebody in the town so I could find the town again. Yep, we'll see. I can still see the town. We haven't left the town. Well, we haven't completely lost sight of All the right. town. Right, so, but you're more than 90 feet away from the town. But it's snowing like crazy. Anyway, so he glared at us and didn't do anything. No. I waved to him nicely. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you guys head back? Yeah. All right. Ham and Karn, you see them when they are less than 100 feet away from the village. Phew. So you, you have a sigh of relief when you see them not dead. <laughs> I wave. <laughs> Alright, so let's go ahead and say that the party meets back up in the center of town with the militia. Yep. 
the militia uh, captain comes in and thanks you all for your assistance. You're obviously pivotal in how well that fight went. Uh, and many more lives would likely have been lost if you did not offer your assistance. Happy to help. It is nothing. So uh, I think we should go after these guys. They're routed. They're hurting. We should hit them when they're weak. And what is this about not going after them in the snow? The Yakmen have a way of navigating the tundra that we do not comprehend. Almost, I would say, magical. They know where the safe spots are during the storms. They know they have a cave system, I'm sure of it. And some people even say that they don't even walk on the ground during the harsher storms or where we're more arrest. Oh yeah, the remoras must be a problem. What concerns me the most is the fact that they have an elemental in a cage. Yeah. Do we know this? Yeah, we, we, we all saw it when it cast the darkness on us. I think whatever that thing is, it probably needs to be saved. Where the hell did they get it? Well, the the captain continues. It looked like it was it was a cage from one of the Elrel trains, but it must have been a powerful elemental if they were only able to keep just it alone. Normally, elemental cages for the Elrel have dozens of elementals trapped within. Hmm. It sounds like you want to uh, help expedite the repair of the Elrel. You probably want to get that elemental back. Was it from our train? It was probably from another train. Also, I bet you the same tactics that they used to uh, attack the town were probably what they employed to destroy the uh, the actual rails. Well, the conductor said that the rails are resistant to magic attacks, exactly for the reason that they don't want to sabotage. Yeah, but what about just one force? There are hundreds of them there. Well, at least a hundred of them. Not so much anymore. Also, we should totally burn these bodies. Really? Yes, I mean, really. One, if they smell it, it'll piss them off and might provoke them, uh, them to come back. Two, they had magic. They had necromatic magic. We don't want these things raising on us. Uh, because you're busy. You mentioned if you don't burn the body, they come back to function. Yeah. <laughs> I've played with zombies plenty in the past. <laughs> Alright, so let's have a big bonfire. Preferably outside of the town. Yeah, that's that gets organized, and the militia assure you that they'll handle that. Um, actually, several of the jars are most all of the jars are shattered and smashed, and mm -hmm. you can see souls just flying into the ether from those jars. And in the wake of that, a couple of the once thought for dead. Uh, militiamen stand back up. Oh, congrats. Well, don't look into the jars. Yep. Yeah, right? Obviously not a good thing to have. <laughs> so. Alright. Um, okay. Do you all want to prepare yourself and then go out and try and track them down, or do you want to wait till the snowstorm is over or something like that? Um, if we wait until after the snowstorm, we're going to lose the tracks. So the sooner we go, the better. Okay. Why do we need to go? Because they are wounded. They are very much wounded. Right. Why do we need to go after them? Elemental. Yeah. They could employ that to further destruction. 
among another town or something. On the one hand, it's dangerous to go out into the middle of a snowstorm. On the other hand, they won't expect an attack this soon, especially not during the middle of a snowstorm. So, what's your idea with the Hunter's Mark be able to get, our, get us back to the town? I think Hunter's Mark somebody, and then that enables me to be able to mm-hmm. have a higher um, well, chance you, of being able to find What you'd be able to do with that is find the town with advantage, but only for a mile. Right, so if we go further than a mile, we're screwed. Does the uh, captain of the militia have any idea where the Yak folk tend to reside? Well, we know what direction they went, so if we assume the only real respite they would be able to find out that way would be a cave that, well, last season had a Remora living in it. What if I uh, cast Hunter's Mark at a higher level? I don't know if you can, but let me take a look. You can when you well. It says down at the bottom when you cast the spell using a spell up slot. Okay, a third level or fourth level, you can maintain concentration. Great. I can do it. I have second level right now, so I don't know if I could cast it at second level or not. But it's saying that I can cast it at higher levels. You know, the only benefit that it's telling me from getting third or fourth is that I can maintain it for eight hours. Okay, so, yeah. But. So, here's what I'm looking at here. I, I was mistaken uh, about the range requirement. Okay. But it's, but the, I think the spirit of the spell is that you're tracking this thing. I don't feel that you can track a person that you're actively walking away from. So, like, if you hunters mark the captain of the guard. You would not be tracking him from the wilderness to the town because he's not going from the wilderness to the town. He's staying in the town. Okay. So because you're not pre- you're, because you're not pursuing the the being, yeah, no, I feel like sense. would we be able to see the smoke because they're burning all of the bodies? Maybe, maybe so. I mean, they 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 can offer to light a beacon fire for you, but. I mean, again, I think that as a DM to players, whether or not you guys can go out into the snowstorm and get back is going to lean heavily on your ranger's senses. And mine. Well, yeah. I, I think that you need to look to your survivalists and be like, this is your guy's time to not fuck up. Hell yeah. This is when the helping mechanic is going to come in real fucking handy. Right. You know, between the two of them, they can make common car and roll with advantage on survival or whoever has the, better, yeah. the better bonus. So, I have a pretty good survival thing, so... Think you can get us back? Denji doesn't even want to go out. I know I what think you guys I can... are saying, that they're wounded and they're dangerous, yes, but it's also going to be a real risk for us to even just try this. Oh, Not yeah. to mention, we don't know what to expect on the other end. Okay. If they're going back to a cave, based on what he's told us, their base of operations lies in a series of connected caves. Also, I would like to point out that I am out of third level spells, so spirit guardians will be un, uh, undoable. And so that's fine. Doc, cool, awesome. Yeah, so I really want to go after them, but it is... Oh, and you're... 
you are all offered um, healing by the local priest. So your oh, wounds nice. your wounds are mended, but your um, key points, spells per day, abilities are not refreshed. I'm sorry, they're not what? Those are not refreshed. I don't think it's a, we didn't really take a whole lot of damage. What, well, five points of damage well I was going to say your melee fighters took a fair amount, but yeah, I didn't take anything. Yeah, because you're on a rooftop. Yeah, being the sniper that's that supposed to be. Yeah, cars taking damage because you're doing it wrong, or the enemy's doing it really right. Yeah, or, yeah. or, or <laughs> teleporting, which is I think we all can agree, awesome, but cheating. Uh. <laughs> all right, so what are we doing? It's in our best interests and our continued survival that we wait. However, Ogden is just ready to go after them right now. And I know that our normal procedures are help those in need, but this isn't our job. How long is it going to be till the yellow rail is fixed? We may as well do some good while we're stuck here. We've already been here for, what, a day? No, yeah. you, it took about a day to get here. Oh, okay. So they've been working yeah, on it. It popped off like a if weren't attacked, that uh, rail smelled like a trap. That's another problem, is the fact that the train might be damaged or not even there anymore, which means we have to now walk to the capital, which will take more time. Which, if we're going after them, we don't have. I uh, asked the militia uh, chief if there's been any word from the uh, LO Rail workers yet. No, but they estimated that it would take four days to fix the rail. Are you in communication with them? Um, I have a sending stone. Okay. So they ha have they been attacked? No, it has been peaceful for them. My honest guess, if I could be frank with you, adventurers, would be that they sabotaged the rail to send the wealthy passengers such as yourselves to this town, knowing that this was the closest respite from the from the rail, and attempted to sack the village when there was more wealth in it. Is this tactic normal for them? I've never heard of a such thing, much less the Yakman being so bold. Normally they attack travelers and small caravans. They would never we we have never been attacked by the in the village in years. This stinks of outside influence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for going at it. That's now. that no, that's the nail in the coffin. This this is not normal. Mm -hmm. And given what we know going on in the world, so there's there's more than one potential outside player. Yes, indeed. Because sometimes the crystals don't act friendly. Hmm. And more importantly, the fact that the Hello Rail was smashed. Not, not not just, you know, like broken, like the whole chunk of the rail was missing. And it's not supposed to break like that, which means something of a lot more power had to break it. Like, say... A certain hammer-wielding nut job? Yes, yeah. Mm. With a crunch? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. Let's take some time, get ourselves fed, uh, clear our thoughts... Well, uh, you guys game plan. come up with a game plan. I'm going to cast Augury's Ritual. Okay. And see. Maybe if uh, it's in our best interest to wait till tomorrow. You were, you told us that we were healed. How much are we healed for? Full. You, your guys' hit points are restored to full. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, but we don't have our spell back. I can take damage <laughs> for once, right? <laughs> One combat where Tenchi doesn't eat dirt. Well, he also a sneak attack, whereas you guys were like, fuck it, let's go. You mean we did exactly what we were supposed to do? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that, I think that went really well for kind of a, a big battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and say, Hum and Karn, you, you personally sniped nine individuals. Sweet. I know we only oh, kind of... calling up numbers? No, I'm just saying, like, I only... <laughs> he only had the action to kill, like, three people, but I feel like since I kind of said that you guys killed a bunch of people in melee, like, that fight was not, like... It was a bit of a skirmish, so it probably would have been more time than just him knocking four arrows. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It, it just God, doesn't make sense to me that Haman Karn yeah. would be like, snipe, snipe, wait three minutes. Snipe, yeah. snipe. Like, he would have been constantly shooting people. Mm-hmm. That just That's just how I see it. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. He was also focusing on the back, and it wasn't exactly a target-rich environment back true, there. True, true, true. I just want to give everyone their glory, because you guys <laughs> definitely did fucking work. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so, you cast Augury, um, what's your question? Um, let's see. I want an omen whether going out into the snow to attack the Yak Folk now is a good idea or a bad idea. You receive the wheel and woe. Wheel and woe. It's always wheel. Yeah, right. We're, we're never asking the right questions. So, it could be good to attack him now. Yep. Oh, both good and bad. Yeah. So we have the best. We probably stand the best chance of success by hitting him now. Because they we will also not stand the greatest chance of failure. Now. Yes. I feel like waiting tomorrow. Waiting until tomorrow. You can just augury again. With a uh, 25% random chance of uh, failing. Right. Hmm. <sighs> Alright. Uh, let's take a party vote. Uh, Ogden is all for hitting them now. Just track him down while the uh, tracks are fresh and hopefully not entirely covered by the uh, snowstorm. Find out where they are and, yeah, catch them with their pants down. All in favor of not going? Obviously, Tenshi. Not going today. today. Going tomorrow yeah. is best. How about you, Hamakarn? What's your vote? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Fork? Not really. I honestly... I don't know how many key points you used up. I don't I know how not. many spell slots you used I've up. I've only used two, but they're both my third level spells. I'm, I didn't use any spell slots, so I'm actually just as ready as I was at mm-hmm. the beginning of the battle. Okay. So we are divided. Too bad Vin isn't here to break the tie. <laughs> womp womp. Um, do, we wanna, do we want to text her? Be like, hey, do you want to vote to chase... <laughs> 
interrupting her exam. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's Shit. true. We don't want to do that. Um, I'd be fine leaving it up to the Tuts, to be perfectly honest, to say whether Big cast her vote one way or the other, yeah. and we'll just we'll play it off like that way thematically. Well, the um, the militiamen sort of sort of overhears the fact that you guys are talking one way or the other, um, and has come by come back to you with a uh, broad-shouldered, rather tall human man in studded leather armor. With a great sword on his back, a bow on his back, and uh, just just an arm to the teeth, motherfucker. I'll uh, already. And he uh, introduces the character um, to you all. He says, "So I heard you all thinking that you might be going to pursue the Yakman. If you choose to do so, this man said he would follow you." Uh, but he. I also. Earlier, I didn't mention it just because we were discussing whether or not we were going to go or not, but I rolled an 18 plus a 5 on persuasion to persuade others to come with us. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's say that this was the result of that. Yeah, sounds good. Um, th- he uh, says, but this man is only passing through town. He was not amongst you all from the Ella Rail incident, so he might not be here tomorrow to assist you should you wait. Uh, and the captain sort of walks away. The the human man sort of takes like a, you know, a, a sort of bow of respect, introduces himself as Roderick the Pitless, and would assist you in any endeavor, especially if it's to bring a justice to what's happened. Are you laughing because you know this man, or...? I am laughing because I know this character that Kenny loves to reuse. Dude, so Roderick the Pitless makes a cameo in every campaign. And he oh, almost, I was wondering when he was going to pop up here. Yeah, he, and he almost always looks different every time. Yeah, almost always. This time he seems taller than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Roderick the Pitless. Oh, boy. Putting my two cents in, it sounds like the only one that has a reason to not want to go and the fact that he's not fully prepared for battle is the one that really wants to go. Since you said you didn't even use up any key points. Right. So well, you do, doesn't step the wind cost key points. I didn't use step the wind. Oh, okay. I thought you had. Never mind. Nope. So. And no, that's only one point. If the man that is down the most points or power wants to go, me. And we now have this cameo person that is willing to help us for this day. I say, let's fucking go. Let's do it. All right. All right. I'm king of a neutral, baby. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, thankfully, between Tenchi and Hamakaram, we have trackers who, one, can get us there, two, hopefully can get us back. That's the truth. Yeah. See, if we wait any longer, we're going to lose their uh, their footprints. And right now, even though, like, only 30 of them survive, they should be pretty easy to see, even with the storm. Right. So, let's hit them now. Are we taking our horses and masters? <sighs> if we are, then I would suggest asking people to, or using the blankets that are given in the, the what you call it, to put on the horses. But at the same time, I, how thick is the snow? How deep is the snow right now? Quite. It, like, quite isn't like a foot, quite as in. Let's eight. call it eight to ten inches. It's almost a foot. It's nothing to me. Yeah, but it is something to me. And to me. It's also something to 
And it's also one more thing that we do have to keep track of, so. Yeah. Um, I was going to say bring them if it was going to grant us speed, but it's not granting us speed. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, they might be a liability more than anything. I don't know about so, you, but I don't feel like cutting one over to stay warm. Yeah. Alright, so we eat the horses, so let's go. Come on, trackers. Oh, yeah. Alright, for all future tracking roles, just assume that if I am still conscious, I will be helping Amon on all tracking roles. Yeah. <laughs> so, question of thematics. Sure. Snow, frozen, frozen water, right? Right. Would water walk work on it? No. More importantly, would I get my full movement speed to right? No. More importantly, if Vin was here, would we get Rizzo still here? No. No, because that's, that's no. too big of a thing. Or at least the radius? No. It's control water because it's liquid. Not because it's H2O, as the alchemical would know. I <laughs> <laughs> just had to check. I understand oh, that. No, no, like, you didn't have to check. To you had to try and... You try. You had to try and curb the system because you're D Dungeons and Dragons players. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you blame us for trying, Kenny? Yes, every fucking time. Hey, man. All right, let's go. <laughs> Quit dilly dallying around. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Sanchi. I know this is not your uh, ideal. Uh... <laughs> All right, first of the survival checks. Go for it. You're on, I'm going. All right. Woo, okay. All right, here we go. Remember, um, make each roll with advantage. Oh, right. Because I'm helping you on each one. Right. Okay. Oh, uh, the advantage means I do it. Roll twice, take I the highest. Roll twice, I take the highest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-two. A what? Twenty-two. Yes, you're able to find the tracks, and you are able to use those tracks for a couple of hours. Nice. <laughs> However, as the, the snowstorm begins to wane, you may lose. You feel like you might be losing the tracks. Give me one more survival check. One more. Okay. Again. Wow. You were able to track the the, the, the the footprints and blood droplets in the snow down to the mouth of a cave. Nice. <sighs> Alright. I know I tend to favor my war act more of my war hammer, but this time I'm specifically drawing my longsword. Alright. And but yeah, I got I got my bow out. Okay. Told you it would be a cave. Yeah, of course. I mean, you kind of knew that coming into it. Um, so, uh, question for the audio. I, uh, needing you to just kick on. You, are you picking that up in the, uh, in the sound? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. We're good. 
great. All right, let's do this. Um, just to check, are we are we cool? Are we cool? What? One last thing. Are we cool to ten thirty or to eleven? I can go until eleven. Eleven would be fine. I, yeah. Okay, cool. Tomorrow's gonna suck anyway. Might as well enjoy the night before. Yeah, right? Why is tomorrow gonna suck? Oh, I have a shit ton of work I need to do. Okay. But apparently, I'm the only one who can do it. So if I don't get it done in time, well, what are you gonna do? It gave me too much. <laughs> yeah, and we have to train somebody new tomorrow. Oh, fun. All right. Yeah, let's go. Do it up. All right. So you all approach the cave knowing that you're going to have to go into it to track down your quarry. That's fine. And as you approach the mouth of the cave, out from the icy ground bursts a large blue beast of serpentine-like qualities with a massive fin that opens wide on its back like a cobra hood and red spikes of carapace along its spine. It screeches unholy sounds. Roll initiative. I told you I didn't want to be here. Well, hey, oh, good boy. news. We found the remoras. Bad news. We found the remoras. <laughs> oh, right. I get advantage. Ah! Only to keep it on the table. Neither of those were very good. Damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I rolled a one. Ooh, you you were looking the other way. Yeah. Am I supposed to go first then? You might. Probably. I roll kind of bad as well. Why would you roll? God, what is with you at eighteen? All right, all right, all right. All right, guys, going from the top. Uh, sorry, wait, hold on. Tenchi. Going last. Tenchi, what'd you roll? Uh, total of 13. Bork. 18. Hovind Karn. 1. Well, what's, add your decks to it. Um, 4. Okay. Ogden. 8. Okay. All I'm right. the fastest cleric in the party. <laughs> you are the yeah. fastest cleric in the party. That is... That yep. is that is. I great. know what I said. <laughs> All right. Um, yep. Roderick is actually going to be going first. Oh, there you go. Then he is going to brandish a longsword. That uh, okay. He is going to brandish a longsword that has runes upon it and is clearly very magical. Just by the brandishing action, you can see some magic flicker to life in the sword. And he says, "Well." To glory, and rallies the party as he charges forward. I like this guy. Everyone in the party gains a temporary seven hit points. Ooh, I really like this guy. Nice. Uh, and he charges the Remora. And misses horribly. <laughs> Oh. Oh. To glory. To glory. Uh, to glory. Bork, you're up. Is he... Bork's going to try to charge the thing. So that is a 
17 for my first one and a 20, 22 and, and 17. You hit him twice. Roll damage. Very nice. nice. So that is a 10. So 15 for the first one because it was a charge. And a, or a um, 12 for my other one. So what's the total? 27? Did I get that right? 27, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and you're going to take... Nine fire damage as its boiling hot blood surges out of its body onto you from attacking it so close. Interesting. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if the fact that it's like internally boiling allows it to like maneuver through the snow or something. Or it just gives it the of that too. <laughs> well, I'm not cold anymore. <laughs> but you're also covered in blood. That's not new. Well, that's also the way Bork likes to be, I think. Being in the blood of my enemies. The Remora is going to attack now. Who what? The Remora is attacking. Oh, awesome. Right there. God damn it. Don't worry, you'll tank it. It's going to hit Roderick. With his massive maw, he's going to bite down at Roderick. Bear in mind, its mouth is bigger than Roderick. And so he's going to brace his sword in the thing's mouth, almost as if he's, like, comedically wrestling an alligator. And he's going to parry and negate 11 damage. However, he is still going to take 19 points of damage. Wow. Wow. We didn't want to come fight this thing. We wanted to come fight the yak book that is apparently defending. Well, this is where the woe of my uh, augury comes into play. Tenchi, you're up. Go punch it. Uh, really going to be a really bad idea. You got anything else you can do? Uh, not really. <laughs> yep. I mean, unless there's like icicles and stuff that I can throw with javelins. I have a javelin. Do you have throw Bro, everything as a feat? Huh? Do you have throw everything as a feat? No. Then I guess. I just have really stupid luck. <laughs> just throw a snowball at him. Hey, no. <laughs> no, no, that's not what happens. What do you want to do? Uh, I'm actually going to set up um, patient defense so I'm burning a key point. And I set up dodge as a bonus action. No, it's free action, sorry. Uh, and then I'm going to make my three attack martial arts attacks. So, first one is. Poop, it's 12. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use my uh, Child of Nature to give him a plus 10 to that 12. Okay. I would have sat on that, but okay. I have it twice per. Um, oh, okay. For sure. So, second one is 20 total. Okay. Third one is nine. Yeah. All right, that's two hits and a miss. Uh, damage. Again, what the shit, dude? 
So, 11 points of damage total. Okay, so the dodge action is a bonus action. If you patient defense. Oh, I thought it was a free action. Well, free action is a 3.5. Yeah, free actions don't really exist in fifth. Okay, then. Okay. But I still have. Your, uh, the attacks are still disadvantaging us based on the next round. Well, I want you to reroll those attacks because you don't have three attacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Anybody can do with this. 14. Okay. And another 14. Would um, Ogden now get back his things? Yes, I absolutely. Absolutely. He didn't use his channel divinity on attacks. That didn't happen. So, two 14s. Unfortunately, that is going to miss, but twice. Uh, because patient defense is a bonus action, not a free action. Oh. He, he, only, he only got two attacks instead of three. Oh, so I don't use my channel divinity. Right, so you get that back. Yeah. Alright. And I don't get it. With what? Yeah. Alright, so we know it's somewhere in between what? Like? 14 and 22. Yeah. Unless you wanted to use all one of those. Um, Not really, no. Um, okay. Ogden, you're up. Oh, boy. How far away am I from it? 20 feet. 20 feet? Alright, first, sacred flame on it. Sure. And then I'm going to trudge over and be a tank. So you're going to so, you're in a sacred flame and then walk up to it? Yes. Okay. So it makes a dexterity save. Right. Of uh, 16. Wow, it's going to pass that. I'm a surprise. It's I'm very, it, so it takes nothing. Very surprised. <laughs> really? Wow, okay. This thing and I'm going to go do that thing where I stand in the way and be a wall. Sure. Hunt and Karn, you're up. I am going to Hunter's Mark. Okay. And then I'm going to shoot him. Okay. It is Hunter's Mark. Okay. It is also wounded, so you will get Colossus Slayer damage. Oh, hell yeah. So right. ev every hit is going to do 2d8 plus 1d6 plus 2d4 for the first arrow. This, what was that again? 2 You have to roll the hit first. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just writing it down so I can... Alright. Okay, so... You know, Paris, the first time you're in you're you're in the room for a uh, in-person session, I'm gonna give you dice. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's okay, we have lots. Uh seventeen. Okay. And that'll hit. What's the second attack? Second attack is Twenty-three. Two hits. Roll damage for both. Alright. So in total, that's... Um, well, hold on. I forget what if the Colossus Slayer is only for the first attack or not. I think it is. Yeah. So you're dealing in total 3d8 plus 4 
well, plus 4d4. Um, plus 1d6, or 2d6. 2d6? Plus okay. 8. Plus 4? 8. Oh, plus 8. Well, you hit it twice, right. so it's 4-4. Right, right. So. Forty-three. Yeah, the hunter's mark does get for every hit. Yeah. So yeah, that is two d six from that. Two d six and two d four. You rolled really well. Yeah. How much was it? Plus eight. Forty-three. It's dead. Yeah. Here to go. All of a sudden, just like arrows and its nipples, and it's like, oh shit, I die now. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. I'm a car doing work. But whatever part of me is singeing on fire in the snow. Stop, drop, and roll. All right. Yeah, r remoras are really powerful and can do a lot of damage and have that whole, like, flames thorns thing going on, but they don't have a lot of health. Sounds really familiar. <laughs> like your other character. Like me. I was going to say, like him right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I am right now, the really sharp piece of glass. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you guys fell the the remora, and uh, and you can sure. proceed into the cave if you wish. All right, let's go. Is it dark in there? Um, not really. Okay. Yeah, for dark reasons anyway. Yeah. First off, um, healing. Well, don't forget, you had... Oh, yeah, our runner did take a lot of damage. Yeah, he took 19 damage. I technically have only taken two. After Which would be... Uh, I assume the temporary hit points go away after this fight. Yeah, pretty much right away. I would say, like, they last for a couple of minutes, so if you guys are still in a fight in a few minutes, then keep them, but let's let's say that they wash out quick fast. Okay. I asked uh, Roger to show me where it hurts. Oh, he says, oh, he looks at you and says, oh, don't worry about it. I've taken worse. And he pulls out a potion and quaffs it. All right. All righty, then. <laughs> Let me know if that, uh, if your mind changes on that subject. Certainly will. Let me know if the rules are better. All right, let's go on in. Uh, Ogden up front. Okay. Uh, Roderick demands to be on the front line. Totally forgot to mark that I have a third third level spell on my sheet. So that means I have one more. <laughs> All right, let's go in. All right, with cave with the cave dwarf leading the way. Hell yeah, you're a cave dwarf then. Am I? I, I thought I was a hill dwarf. Except that, nope, you're cave dwarf. Mountain dwarf or something. I forget what I was. Anyway, you guys proceed down the very simple uh, kind of level channel of the cave. Uh, Paul. I asked um, Herman Carr if you can tell. I mean, well, there. I guess there's only like one way to go down this right now. Right. Right. Okay. Um, well, I also asked him. The trail is still going this way, correct? 
it is it is obvious that they have gone into this cave. Yes, that is very clear to Hum and Karn. Okay. Yes. You yep, you Hum and Karn, you can even discern that these tracks are quite fresh. Sweet. Okay. So okay. you're you're closing in on your quarry because the blood isn't even frozen on the ground. I just I like I like do that. I like rub my hand on the uh, on the footprint and just point forward. Gotcha. Yeah. Right, press it forward. All right, let's do it. You guys can see that the cave uh, hall opens up in the distance, but there is a uh, a wall, a wooden wall, in the uh, what would cause you to you know be able to go into the open area, but past it. Is there anyone on top of the wall? No, 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 no. Like the cave wall. The cave hall, rather, that you guys are walking through, mm-hmm. is entirely wood in front of you. Oh, so it's just, like, fortified. Yeah. Like a load-bearing wall? Okay. Yeah, but you can see that the cave hall is, like, gonna it, it go up past that wall. You can see that. Hmm, interesting. So it's probably, like, gonna dome out here after that wall. Mm-hmm. Should we knock? I don't think there's an impediment. I, uh, the way it sounds is that the uh, walls are on either side. Right? No, 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 no. Sorry. Let me, let me let me explain this better. You're walking down a hallway, and then there yeah. is a wall in front of you. Yeah, it's a wooden barricade in front of us. That is the floor-to-ceiling height of yeah. the cave, correct? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Should, you were right. I'm yeah. sorry. Should we just knock? I don't think there's a door here. Yes, there is. Oh. Maybe it is the door. Um, not really familiar with rangers and how they correlate with the room, but I turn to him. You're kind of dexterous. Open the door. Ogden jiggles the door handle. Is it locked? Uh, no, it's not. Sweet. Yeah, I open the door. Okay. You open the door to a large ice cavernous dome-like area, and there is about ten wounded yakmen, the two big yakmen from before, the chieftain, and in the middle of the room is the black iron cage. It almost looks like a bird cage. And inside Mm. of it is that white uh, wispy spirit, elemental, whatever. Have they noticed me? Yeah. I say, out loud, <clears throat> excuse me, some yaks here ordered a can of wolf ass? I'm pretty sure we just killed more than half of their regiment. Intelligent enough to do this. Yeah, right. Also, we got a great little pinch point uh, for them to come here. Yeah, that also limits our fighting. The uh, the chieftain of the Yakmen steps forward amongst the group. Like, bear in mind, it's other than him and the two tall Yakmen. Um, the one in which that you attacked recognizes you and looks at you with death 
eyes with like the the the, the desire to murder you. Um, but the rest no, of the <laughs> right. But the yes, the re- the rest of the yakmen in the room are very much wounded and are in no shape to fight. So the the the, the chieftain of the yakmen steps forward uh, with no weapons in his hands and asks to parlay. Okay. What does that mean? They want to talk. You know, I think they lost their right to talk when they attacked the town. Well, hold on. If this can be solved peacefully, I'd like it to be solved peacefully. That one. This goes against everything that Ogden wants, but alright, fine. We'll talk. Alright, we accept your parlay. So the chieftain sort of walks... I mean, bear in mind, this room's quite large, so he, you know, walks in front of his people and, like, asks to parlay, and when you all agree, he sort of, like, lowers his arms and steps closer so he doesn't have to yell his parlay back and forth. Okay. Um, I put away my, uh, great axe, and I also walk towards him. Okay. The, you notice that the two big yakmen stay with the, the, bir- the black iron birdcage-like structure. Okay. Wait. Are we still in a cave cave? No, it's like ice. Okay, never mind. I got excited there for a second. Yeah. Almost as if I planned that. (laughs) So, bitch. Yeah, well, fuck you too. Okay, so the you and the Yakman chieftain at this point, um, Bork, are maybe 20 feet away from each other. So at this point, the two of you could talk in a regular volume without any yell, but he assumes that you don't want to get closer than that, so he doesn't walk any closer. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can take him, but at the same time... Question uh, for the uh, environment. Sure. Are there icicles or anything coming down from the uh, cave top? No, it is. it has been smoothed. It feels what I was Yeah. Alright, does he initiate the, the parlay speaker? Yeah, yeah. Or? He, 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 he uh, does what you interpret as a symbolic gesture, but probably has very little to no meaning to you. He, uh, he is adorned with, you know, like some sort of, of uh, wreath upon his head, some sort of headdress. Mm-hmm. And he has like a bandolier of a couple of small jars across his chest. But he's also wearing, you know, nice clothes. Just because he's a yakman doesn't mean he doesn't get cold. Um, and he takes one of the jars off of his bandolier and drops it on the ground and it shatters. But you don't see any souls come out of it. Um, but you 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 don't think that all yakmen have to do that to talk. You just you you can turn, interpret that however you wish. But he clearly oh. is is trying to be respectful with that gesture. Bork, as soon as he would have reached for that, would have not brandished his weapon, but kind of gone towards the handle. Sure. Bit. Right. So he he is not looking at you when he does that. He just sort of drops it, and it shatters. The clay pot shatters on the ground. Um, and he goes to you. He, he addresses you directly, since you're the only one that stepped forward. My people have suffered enough. I do not care what comes to me. Personally, I will not see another one of my clan die. Then why did you attack that village? 
We were spurred, as you would say. By what? The one that brought us this cage. Did he by any chance have a hammer? Yeah. Black armor. Black yeah. armor and a hammer. That. Very much so. He rode upon a black and fiery horse as well. Yeah. How long ago? Two weeks. Boy, attack dudes everywhere at once. Besides telling you to attack the town, has he told you or instructed you or persuaded you in any sort of way to do anything else? Yes. Or given you anything? Yes. He gave us that cage. He told us to look out for people who smelled of the crystals. I assume he means you. You reek of it. Oh, you reek of some things, too. <laughs> you know. Ew. Sorry. Mainly bad decisions and regret. <laughs> and also festering me. But yeah. he promised so, me and my people a prosperous world and maybe even an opportunity for us to not live the nomadic life that we are unfortunately uh, forced upon if we did what he asked. Well, I think he lied because you're not looking too prosperous right now. You could certainly say so. What all does the thing in the cave do? He did not tell me, simply that I was to use it as a weapon. Would you mind if we examined it? If it would spare the lives of me and my remaining clansfolk, I would let you do whatever it would be you desire. Kind of look to you guys and motion to the cage. Since you'll go over. At this point, Ogden's going to see the sword, crack his knuckles, not liking walk, wading into the mass of folk. But he'll go over and examine the thing in the cage. He'll, he'll also make some of the eyes at the... Uh, the large yakult that was carrying the cage that he singed earlier. Okay. I walk over to it as well. All right. So you all approach the cage. I mean, so you, all you, of us are now completely surrounded by yaks. Well, I don't know what you're perceiving. I don't know what, what kind of threat it's you're not, perceiving. Dude, there's only like three of them standing. Yeah. And a lot of them are wounded. We can take them. We would slaughter these people if we brandish our weapons. So pipe down. Yeah, the yeah, vat. There, there. See what my, what my crazy, like, I mean, like, I just like shot a giant boiling monster thing to death in like one hit. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, there's about thirty yakmen in this room, but as as Bork has already pointed out, other than the two big guys, the Chieftain is the only one standing. The rest of them are wounded and, and or either wounded and being treated, or treating others as well. So, this is a possible area. Alright. Examining the uh, elemental in the cage. The moment you all approach the cage and start to look at it, the uh, the two big yakmen sort of step away to give you space. Because um, up to the point where you walk up to the cage, they are, they are like holding it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but they set it down on the ground and step away. Uh, and walk towards the chieftain. As you all get up close to the cage, however, the cage, uh, the spirit in the cage flashes between black and white, black and white light. Um, and 
almost as if it has more than one face. It looks at all of you at the same time. Uh, with it, with a with a very simple facial structure in the the ball of light that is this being. You see a pair of like yellow, almost like like buttered popcorn color eyes look at each of you, and you don't see the other like messages in this light. Like each of these is unique for you, but all of you hear this sort of shattered speech of "Save us! Break cage! Help!" Destroy them. Help us. Save us. Break the cage. He will return. Is are all the all of the things that you can make out. The rest of it is garbled gibberish. He said he will return. The Sundor. I figured that's what. It Does Borg hear this, even though he is still twenty feet away from uh, the chieftain? Oh, I said this was the case when you all approached the cage. Did you approach the cage? I was assuming that I was standing but I was standing my ground. So then Whereas you, the you would you would climb on going. Yeah. yeah. Then you would not uh, have heard I wouldn't this. know shit about it. Yeah, you wouldn't hear this thing. It's just okay. the it's just the, the party members that approach the cage. Alright, so Tenchi, Amakarn, and Ogden all approach. Yeah. And for story purposes, Vin's probably hanging out with uh, Roderick. Yeah. Richard did not walk in. <laughs> I would uh I would so at this moment um, the three party members that are standing, wait, three? Yeah, the three party members that are standing at the cage, mm-hmm. you can hear Gnome, Dryad, and Undine speak in your minds. That is mm-hmm. Lumina. That is Lumina, one of the two halves of the fire crystal. You have to save her. But <clears throat> that doesn't... Why would she be trapped? Snare would have trapped her. But this was an Ella Railroad. No, it was not. It, it was, was presumed to be, but not confirmed. It was bound within a cage that the Ella Rails used to entrap the uh, elementals. Yeah. But it, and it keeps shifting between <sighs> colors? Alright. I uh, turn to Bork. <clears throat> and um, uh, we don't speak any common languages other than common. <clears throat> I say... This is what we're here for. If they're willing to give us the creature in the cage, he will leave them alone. I look towards the, the chief as if, you know, asking him, would that be compliant with you? As I said already, if it would save the lives of my clan, I would do anything. One more thing. Were there any instructions that the person who gave you that gave you before handling it just to whoever brandished whoever held it to utter your will and the creature and the being inside the cage would do it okay well in that case then with your leave we are going to take this we can open it for you as long as you do not attack us we will not attack you we can open my 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 sons here can open the cage I don't think opening it here would be in your best interest. What is it? Is there it? a specific way to open it? The um, Does this thing just have like a padlock on it or something? No, no, not at all. To, to your <laughs> eyes, to your eyes, there is no locking lock, locking mechanism on this cage. Um, okay. 
I'm still so gonna the, go with the so don't the open it in here and pull the room full of the room of people who's literally used this thing as a weapon. It might not be in their best interest, and yeah. we're at the point where we're trying to avoid further bloodshed. Yeah, they were being used. They were part of the game. So the the so, chieftain continues. The one that gave us the cage, blessed or cursed, I I don't know what to say it was, my two sons here, only they can open and close the cage. I, uh... Do they all speak common, or do they all understand us, like, conversing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's gonna be rough on me. I look at the big one that I scorched earlier, I say... No hard feelings, I'll heal you if you want. He shakes his head and sa- and only says, Father's wishes are the only ones I wish to see fit. Very well. Alright. <clears throat> yeah. We have to open this outside. Away from the rest of them. That would be best. But these two might not come back. We do not know that. Um, That's why I said we just know that what's in the cage needs to be released. Does it require both of your sons to open it? Yes. We were told to only open it in an extreme emergency, and I could see no greater emergency than to save my try to save my clan. We were supposed to deliver it, you see. Where? To where? Where? To the. We were told that there was a great city in the tundra that has a rail system that could take us to the capital city of Yalzar Majora. And there is... Here, hold on. He sort of goes into one of his pouches and produces a slip of paper. Quirk walks up and, and takes the piece of paper. It's a banknote. Well, not a banknote, but it's a... Uh, it's a series of, of, of instructions on how to get to a place called the Great Bank of Yalzar. And that name immediately rings a bell to you. They were These, these Yakmen were obviously instructed to take the elemental to the bank of Yalzar Majora's main capital city in the center of the continent and store it there in the great vaults of the bank. Not open it, just store it. Right. What's the name on the note? What, what's the name on the note? There is no name. No, there's no. There's no. I'm sorry. It doesn't have a name on it. No, it's just. It's just like take it to this part, vault number blank. Like you have all of the information about where they're supposed to take it. Um. I seriously doubt that he would have relayed this information to you, but did he give it the the person who gave you the elemental? Um, did he give you any sort of indication of where he was headed? We just saw him fly south. Okay. Alright, well... We think that we should open it not here around your wounded because we don't know exactly what will happen when we open it. So we would like to move it to a different place, but we will require the, the use of your sons to be able to open it, obviously, since they are the only ones that can. Well, the den mothers here can tend to the wounded, 
and even if required, could defend the place from a young Remora. They are strong like that, such as we are. But I will join you with my sons. I would not see them leave my sight, for I do not know what might happen. Neither do we. I, I will warn you, neither do we. Or anybody around. You know, I, I, we are trying to be peaceful, but at the same time we need to open this cage. And right. we cannot guarantee your, you or your son's safety. Of course, of course. Okay, well then, let's do this. Alright. So, you all, uh, the two sons grab the cage and are tr- are following you all with the, the chieftain as you go up and out of this area and are going to leave the caves. How far are you trying to take them? Outside of the caves. Yeah, just outside. Probably, like, just beyond the Remora's corpse. Yeah, not very far. Okay. Um, so you all leave, go out to where you fought the Remora, um, a little bit past there, away from the cave now. Before we take this any further, I'd like to try and, uh, visualize the, uh, the spirits in my mind, Undine, uh, Gnome, and Dryad, and ask them if there's any way that those two brothers opening the cage will be the death of them. We do not know. The magic that binds that cage is evil, yes. But we don't know. Truly not up to the cage, it's up to whoever's inside of Luna. If she Can you communicate with Luna right now? It's uh, it's Lumina, like Luminous. Lumina. Oops. Uh, Luna's the other spirit. It's very far from here. Oh, there's another one? Okay. Yeah, right? Lumina. No, 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 no. You were told already. It's half of the fire crystal. No. Alright. Is there any, by chance, um, Ogden, any spell that you can put on them that would help protect them? Only Sanctuary, but we don't know if this is going to have any sort of effects. What I would actually recommend is we use that nice little prayer and get the help of the crystals to break it open with the Yak Book at a safe distance. Try to use the prayer first. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's going to leave whoever does it drained, and I absolutely volunteer. Alright, I... Yeah. Don't think that's going to work. But we can try it. Um, and I do we already like... know that the power of the crystals is a lot stronger than the power of the sun. And I have 30... Um, it points to get out with my own hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on for this. This cage is strong enough to find Yeah, but three of them them. are trying to destroy it with me as well. (laughs) All right. I, uh, once we're, uh, past the Remoras and the cage is down, I instruct the Yak folk to get a safe distance away. Wait, are you at full hit point? Yes, I am. Well, that's right, I can't. I, listen, the point of me say, listen, the point of me saying the must be at full health thing for the prayer is so you cannot negate a combat with it. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to get a little messed up to do it in a combat, but you guys aren't in a combat. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So it's a combat. Thing. All right. Never mind then. So for this sort of instance, I would say you don't need to be hurt to do it. 
It's a quick touchy. Put me in the face. Yeah, exactly. Well, All I right. already am down two health points. No, but yeah, it doesn't. It's not necessary. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that right. it was then. Yeah. I'm down, so I'm going to uh, go ahead and take a knee in front of the cage. Make a prayer to the crystals to give me the strength to destroy it and release the creature inside. All right. Oh, boy. So that was your exact wording for the prayer? Yes. All right. So you all, you know, the, the yakmen do as you asked. Um, you say the prayer, and a visage of the three spirits you have saved sort of come forth from Ogden's character and are just sort of in the air above him. And you can see them, like, channeling their magic and pulling that magic from Ogden to do it. Um, and uh, and they sort of, like, take that magical power and that energy that they're t- taking from him and applying their own to. And, uh, and they sort of, like, shoot this, like, ball of energy towards the cage. And uh, the uh, the metal of the cage sort of, like, explodes in light and what was once like dark like black metal is now steel and the sort of it's almost as if he walked the the energy like hit the metal and like washed all of the dark magic off of it um but in doing so and the cage like splitting open like almost as if you would like break a cadbury cream egg like, almost just, like, perfectly down the center to, the, like... Um, a visage of black energy appears before the cage. It is the disembodied pl- black iron plate helmet and piercing red eyes of the Sunderer. Looking at you all, t- like, almost as if he was standing right there. Witnessing what is happening, you hear him laugh as a, a smoldering black like sigil of his hammer behind like appears behind him and like rises and then dissipates you hear the two brothers yakman yell in pain as they clutch their chests and fall to their knees you can see oh, no. that he had branded them on their chest um and the spirits seeing what is happening turn and and sort of guide that same energy towards the Yak brothers and and are able to remove the brand from one of the brothers. But by the time they do that, all of the energy that was used in the process of this mythical spell is used up to smudge that brand off of him. And as the sort of uh, the visage of the Sunderer like laughs, and fades away into just like a puff of black smoke. The one brother rises back to his feet with blood dripping from his mouth and uh, the Sunderer's insignia on his chest, also on his forehead. His horns grow, turn forward, and sharpen, like visibly like grow and sharpen. Um, and the spirit of Lumina is, is freed, However, exhausted and lying on the ground, as it were, and Ogden falls down unconscious and has four stages of exhaustion. Jeez. 
has none of his spells or abilities, and is knocked unconscious. Kill her down! So am I technically at zero HP? No, 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 no. You're at your regular HP. You have not taken any damage. Okay. But you are so exhausted out of nowhere, you are knocked unconscious from the event. Mm. We are going to roll... If I were to run up to him and do the lay on hands, I know that's a healing thing, but would I be able to... Remove, the remove at least a little bit of the exhaustion. Not at all. It's a different mechanic than physical. Trauma. Yeah, it's. All right. Well, then uh, I let get me check the to defend everybody. I guess defend the the spirit and defend Ogden since they're the ones that are down. All right. So Ogden, you are suffering four levels of exhaustion. You have disadvantage on ability checks. Your speed is halved. You have disadvantage on. Uh, attack th- attack rolls and saving throws, and your maximum hit points are halved. Oof. Well, it's a good thing you're unconscious. You can't do anything. Yeah. Right. Half speed. Round and, down, right? So I'm at ten. And we will roll initiative for this fight next week. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Just Woo! question. Sure. Um, one of the only things that I really got for my last level up was this thing called Aura of Protection. Right. Which people within 10 feet get a plus 2 to saving throws or whatnot. Would that affect him at all, or would that be helpful? I didn't get a saving throw. This was the price of using the uh, prayers. You might get a saving throw. This is true. Alright, so I'm sorry. Half speed, half hit points, disadvantage on attacks and saving throws as well? And ability checks. And ability checks. And that's kind of what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure the ability maybe not. I don't know. I mean, your aura of protection might assist him in any checks that he makes while unconscious. Yeah, um, he still has disadvantage. I'm just wondering if he gets a plus two in in two mm points. I would assume so. Alright. Welcome to being the healer and the tank. Oh no. Tank's just gonna fuck this guy up. Like, the rage button has been pushed. I still haven't done anything for I still have all of my spells. And I ended in the Well, that's good, because I have nothing to get to aid this combat with. I got you back. Of course, then, you know, if I hadn't done this, we probably would have been against the, both of the brothers. Now we've only got the one, and we're down anywhere. Yeah. But next time, we're not going to be down our damage dealers. This is true. Vane's going to snap out her coma. We don't have to last long, just long enough. So, oh to boy. end to end this week, uh, tune in next week to see how the adventurers handle the boss battle for the spirit of Lumina, the one of the halves of the fire crystal. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Later. Good night.